It's Friday, February 4th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. We just smoked up some meat with some Man Rubs this morning. It was delicious. Mm. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, all around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. It can be found at manrubs.com and on Instagram, manrubs. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear, stayreadygear.com, and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, custom orders available. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. You can't get much more USA than this song. And you can't get a better night's sleep from anywhere <laughs> other than my pillow. Mike Lindell, America's CEO, has partnered with the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And by using promo code STEAK at checkout, you're going to get big, big savings. You can call and talk to a qualified pillow representative also at 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment specializing in headphones we found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, living in America, you find everything you need and more to take care of those ears at odyssey.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's a licensed FFL. He's got a five-star rating. He's got ammo. You can find Mike on his easy-to-navigate, newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Hit him up on Facebook Messenger or via the telephone. 619-870-6992. Our first responders are working hard, whether they're uh, pumping out chest compressions, putting out fires, or saving lives. They're wearing gear from Mediocre Medic. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more while they're off-duty. Stickers and patches for when they're on. they got a pretty fire IG as well. You can find them on MediocreMedic.com. And last but certainly not least, the gold standard of tactical flair can be found at Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us. It's home of the Zero Fucks Duck. I've got a lot of them on the wall right now. Sure do. Brought a whole patch panel over. Throw it up on the uh, IG later. If you don't know, go ask Mark. You can hit him up on Facebook Messenger. You can find him on... Facebook and dumpbox.us. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, the website, our telegram, and more. And on that note, welcome. Friday edition, Steak for Breakfast Podcast, episode 105. I'm Rowan. Noah's here. Yo. Antoinette's joined us. Hi, guys. Nick's here. What's up? Oh, wait. Nick's here? Yeah. Nick's here. <laughs> Throwback. Nick? Nick's here today, and we're living in America. Nick, thanks for joining us. He's in studio with us today, and uh, we're extremely happy to have him. How's everything been going with you, bud? It's been good. feels weird to be in a podcast where I'm not running the soundboard and all the... uh, (laughs) This is the first show I've ever done where I'm not 
running it. So it's kind of nice to sit back and I'm doing all right. Relax. Yeah, right? you're doing yeah. fantastic. Pretty yeah. decent job. Just wait to. You should have been doing it the whole time <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing it because I was always messing it up. Now you don't have to garrison yourself today. Right? <laughs> Noah will take care of that for you. Yeah. Guess which button it is. It's the green one. Mm. Oh, man. Well, for those in our listening audience who are either new to the show or maybe joining us for the first time, Nick is the uh, founder, the creator of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Uh, we parted ways mutually and stayed great friends. Um, what about nine months ago? It's been that long. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. And uh, since then, Nick, you've started your own show. I've uh, done a n- new venture, new project. You want to tell our listening audience about that? Yeah, it's called uh, Red, White, and Brews. And um, basically just a show of a couple of buddies getting around, drinking, talking about whatever kind of comes up. There's no script. It's kind of what Steak for Breakfast had started back in the day, and then it lost a lot of traction just because um, we were current we, events. <laughs> current events. Yeah. yeah, well, I think. Okay. I was, I was going to say we ruined it. <laughs> yeah. No, the and just to clear the air, there was never any hard feelings when we split. It was. When Roan came on and Noah, it was the we did an election night um, live show, and um, in hopes that Trump was going to win. Yeah, what was a and then it ended up being like a four hour (laughs) show of us just like in awe of like the kind of a lot of drinking. Yeah, a lot of eating and drinking on the microphone. I think someone brought tortilla chips, if I remember, which is atrocious. If you're going to eat anything on the microphone, tortilla chips should be the last thing. And then I remember. We were going to continue the political kind of theme until we knew the election results. We still don't know the election results. Yeah, so, so that's here we are. Still here. <laughs> but it got so big, um, the following got huge to the point where I was like, well, I can't go back to doing fart jokes. and." Um, well, we do plenty of fart jokes. Yeah. We just don't do as many dick But jokes. we just, it got so big and successful, credit to Rona Noah, that there was no going back to that. Um, which is what I always wanted to do is just kind of a podcast coming in, hanging out, talking about sports every once in a while or movie reviews. And, um, we're getting to the point now where it's actually starting to grow a little bit. So we're going to start bringing on guests, kind of like random people that Good. different backgrounds. Um, you know, some jujitsu guys that are black belts in the San Diego community and, and oh, nice. things like that kind of, um, not a real theme, but. Just kind of hanging out and it's the variety. response, it's yeah, a variety show, I guess. Man's variety, it's kind of what it is. Yeah, it's basically if you had a man's night in your garage and someone was recording, it's kind of what it has turned into. Hmm. Um, so that's been fun. Where can we find this? Um, Amazon Podcasts. I don't know if we're on Pandora. I think I didn't put it on Pandora this time around because I don't know who still uses Pandora. Hmm. Serial killers. killers. Serial killers. Mike Lindell, probably. Um, I'm surprised you guys have gotten the okay after all the crap I talked about him over It's the pretty amazing. Like, you left, right? You went to start Red, White, and Brew, and we we had a couple months of separation, and then all of a sudden, my pillow's like, hey, you guys have been doing some yeah. great work. Now We'd love to partner with you guys. Yeah, the crap. guy that calls me a crackhead's gone. Yeah. It's funny, because I was using, I have the weighted blanket. But all the sand has drained to like the feet, so they're not oh, used it. Well, I woke you up. That's not a my pillow weighted blanket, right? You got it the is. Amazon. No, no, one. no, it's the my pillow oh. one, like the four hundred dollar one. Um, so it's stitched with like pockets and stuff, like the squares, like to keep like the not weight. the one I got because I woke up, <laughs> my feet were asleep because all the sand had drained. <laughs> I thought I, I like woke up. I thought I was paralyzed. I was kind of worried. Worst, so I, I had to get up in the middle of night and shake it out and. Kind of yeah. roll it out to make sure all the sand was... Use the promo code STEAK <laughs> for up to 66% off. No, hold that thought. 
Nick, <laughs> Nick you'll, you'll appreciate this one because if you uh, jump on right now and you use promo code STEAK at checkout as a free gift from our partners over at MyPillow, you'll get the Mike Lindell book, What Are Ooh. the Odds? Nice. From Crackhead to CEO. It's actually a really good book, and it's you know what? Like, and it's quality, too. Like, I buy a lot of books, and I have a lot of books. When that came in the mail, I was like, shit, wow. You know, like, it's, it's pretty not powerful like story. Mike Lindell should be dead. He, he's definitely part cat, probably at least seven times. Yeah, just, no, for sure. But I'm talking about the actual quality of the book itself yeah. when you hold it. I was like, whoa, this is cool. And it's like all holographic and all that. It's nice. Cool. I mean, the story's love. amazing, but everything else about it is cool, too. People on crack love holographic. Sounds like that book is more secure than our elections. <laughs> it is. Like it. I, swear. I just love the fact that we like, ignore that uh, it's Jesse Ventura in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> His voice is the exact same. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Remember that there was I a time yeah, I played a clip and I was like, who is that? And you guys were like, that's Mike Lindell. And I was like, well, that's Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> so but um, well, yeah, the show's fun. It's uh, took a hiatus because of Stuff everything Stuff will make you a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Turning the frogs gay. Um, no, but we've had a, a good run. We're starting back up on probably next Thursday. Nice. We took a hiatus after what happened with my daughter and a bunch of craziness over the holidays and and stuff. But um, we're starting to do like some beer reviews, which is kind of fun. I'm very passionate about beer. You are. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we actually have one guy who's hooked us up with like a beer distributor. So we get cases of beer um, for free. Nice. That wow kind of quote-unquote fall off of the delivery truck mm. so it's always a random batch but the funny part is like they're for the show but you know i put them in my beer fridge and i'm like oh man hey listen when you you could work on the show yeah. anytime, anytime <laughs> I, was, you want. I was prepping for this and yeah. i ended up drinking the whole case that uh we got <laughs> sent um but it's nice we talk about some sports stuff some ufc which is one of my favorite things um and uh yeah, a lot of, like, good stories that we talk about, kind of uh, funny, you know, we try to make people laugh, which we've gotten good response from. Um, we've gotten, like, random people from, like, the Midwest that have messaged us on Instagram saying that they found our show, which is not what, um, you know, when Steak for Breakfast blew up, it was so crazy to see people messaging us from different countries yeah. and saying they're listening because when I had originally started it, it was just to kind of joke around and have fun and that's kind of what the new show has turned into but people have somehow found it um it's nowhere big as steak for breakfast is right now but it's kind of fun to hear people say you know we i enjoy my goal for this show is it's going to kill time when you're in traffic there you go you might not learn some new stuff and eventually we want to bring in some like you know some smart people (laughs) to talk (laughs) about different career fields and share their stories whether it's from like the medical industry or you know military industry things like that so it's still Patriotic based, all the guys that come on are real conservative. I like the logo. Yeah, yeah, the logo came out cool. Um, it's just a fun time. It's it's very relaxing, um, but it's just it's kind of like a, a outlet in a sense that the crazy stuff that's been going on, especially in California, and you know the vaccine man. I mean everything we're going through. It's it's like a two hours a week where I get to just not not think too hard about how shitty the. Um, current state that we're living in yeah it's a mess yeah i definitely think part of doing this is uh the unplug factor like we 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 still i mean we're we're definitely politics trump era politics you know america first politics save america theme but uh waiting through all the garbage to bring a decent news narrative is extremely draining and uh on the mind and you know 
it takes up a lot of time to bang out two two plus hour shows a week with with quality content too. Uh, anywhere between four to ten guests depending on the show sorry no that's a spoiler alert for next friday it's gonna be a mess <laughs> fun mess remember save america can we do those on tuesday instead i know it seems like everybody has their uh their podcast times on friday though right before they go out and get all hammered with the rest of their team but uh yeah we're it glad is, to have it is you fun to go to work on two hours of sleep though i do enjoy that it like, makes it a little um interesting because you start like tripping out and and all of our spouses love it. Everything's funny. Our <laughs> attitudes are, are so great. Sometimes I don't even know what day it is when I wake up. Nope. And I'm like, was I supposed to pay something today? Or Have you done the thing where you wake up and you think you missed work, but it's like you actually woke up and it was the morning, like I woke, day off? I woke up, <laughs> so last night was one of my nights off. I woke up at midnight. Yeah, panic. And I checked, and I had gone to sleep at 8, which is normally what happens on my nights off. Then I stay up and watch Ghost Adventures for like six hours. There you go. <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Ghost Adventures. But last night that happened, and I had slept so well for three hours. Thank God. Um, I woke up panicked. I looked at my watch, and I was like, oh, no. And I checked my phone looking for missed calls from work. And it took me like five minutes to kind of level out and go, oh, wait, it's Thursday night. I don't have, I'm not supposed to go to work. Yeah, I was thinking about you the other day. I actually watched, a, well, me and my daughter. My daughter, she thinks Ghost Adventures is like funny, silly, but kind of scary. Like she'll pretend she's not scared of it, but then like she'll move closer on the couch as the episode. That's where I'm at. So we were watching one the other night, and then just the narrative was funny. It was like the two main guys, so Zach Bagans and Aaron Goodwin, mm-hmm. they're, they're in some room. It's all night vision, and Aaron's standing in a doorway, Zach's sitting in a chair, and then they're doing, like, the fast-forwarding of the film. And over the course of, like, the fast-forwarding, Aaron falls face first and is apparently passed out. And while all this is happening is, you know, Zach's possessed, and he's, like, sitting in the chair swearing <laughs> and, like, hitting himself. But then, like, the narrative, when everything goes back to, like, normal, you see, like, Aaron Goodwin on the floor kind of like squirming and and then Zach like narrates over the show and he's like, it was at this point of the episode that I realized I had become possessed. And while I was possessed, apparently Aaron was too. He had fallen down and I had not noticed it until right now. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, you have to have a sense of humor. Yeah. It's just, I was like, man, this guy, he loves himself and uh, he loves talking about himself even more. And, but I, I just thought it was funny the way they said it, you know, and, uh, I went to his museum in Vegas not too long ago. Definitely worth the 70 bucks, I think it was, to get in. It's a two-hour tour, and the amount of stuff that this guy's accumulated over the years is insane. Because he, and I was talking to one of the curators, and I was like, where does he get all this stuff? And they, He steals it from houses he visits? Well, they say, he's like, a lot of people think we have a team that goes out and finds, he himself will be on, like, the internet at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and then he'll message his team, we need to buy this, it's on eBay. It's, like, some haunted doll or whatever. So he personally will go out, and he has, like, the van Jack of working, like, executed people in. He has, like, original Ghostbusters uh, proton packs. Nice. All this stuff that he's gone out and researched and traveled all around the country to accumulate. He has the glasses Ted Bundy was arrested in. And I'm like, how the frick do you find like, yeah, how does that stuff? How does that wind up on eBay? Like, how do you, and it's how do you him by himself that? finding all this stuff. So if you ever go, there's a lot of, like, Haunted stuff, and it was really creepy because there's no way that you can just leave halfway through the show. I think he can find us Hitler's canoe. <laughs> he probably, I mean, this guy has, you when you walk through the museum, you're like, there's no, how do you accumulate all this stuff? I know. It's insane. He has, like, the um, outfit that the um, Night Stalker was arrested in. He has all this crazy stuff, and you're like, how, how do you Like, how does that this? stuff just, like, escape and, like, just end up for sale somewhere? Yeah, and then how did he buys it, but the tour is, is amazing. That's awesome. It's two hours of just you having a heart rate of like over 100. 
And then they put you in a room where there's clowns that scare you, which I was not down for. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like that's too much fun. They don't tell you that before you go. There's like a little scare room that they put you in. Even though I'm just a casual fan of that stuff, I, I would pay if I was there and I had some free time. Yeah. To go. It is worth it. What? Where it is it? In Vegas. It's in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, where at in Vegas? Because I'm here, obviously. At the museum. In, in like the ghetto part, like over by where the mob <laughs> museum, I think Fremont, like that area. Oh, yeah. Fremont Street area. Okay. I'll have to look into that. It's, it's worth it. It's worth right. it to go with like a group of people. Yeah. And they tell you like, you're not supposed to drink before you go there. And I was like, well. Yeah, right. In Vegas? Too yeah, they, they say a lot of things, don't they? <laughs> too late. But it was a good. Um, Almost like they say it so you do it. Like it's like you always go against the group. Yeah, you're right. like, that's a good idea. Well, we should have told me that. When I signed up online because I'm already here. <laughs> well, I think now that we're all uh, acquainted with each other. And it's uh, good to have. This is good. I like yeah, it. All hosts, both. Can we do this more often? Former we and should. current. I'd yeah. love to do this more. Swing I'm by off once on, a month. I'm yeah. off on Friday, so be great. They're usually our biggest train wrecks of shows. Today just seems to be a little light in the loafers. All right, jumping in here with us today on this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast podcast. She's a radio and TV talk show host, but she's also an America First candidate looking to represent California 49 in the upcoming midterm elections. Miss Anne Elizabeth, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. How's everything going with you? Great. Couldn't be better. So here we are in the beginning of February. You recently had your uh, campaign rollout. How did uh, that go? I, I heard uh, some rumors that it went viral. It was. It was re- well received. Within a few hours, we had 60,000 views, yeah. um, picked up by some news stations. Owen Schroyer had me had had my video on, called me a non-squished Republican, and I think that was a, quite a compliment. So, um, yeah, it was great. It was a great rollout. Well, we need some of those here in uh, – Southern California. I'm going to have to ask, what was the uh, motivating factor? I know we talked offline a little bit before we started. You said it had been in the works for a while, but what really compelled you to run? I mean, I can only guess of a few of the things when you go to the gas pump or the grocery store, or see how the military is being treated in the southern border. We'll get on to that in a bit. But what was some of your, you know, really defining factors into getting in this race? Um, I had started in media and politics and interviewing a lot of the candidates and I just, you know, kept thinking like, you know, being a candidate and being able to, you know, help build this country back to where it, it was founded upon, it would be, you know, something that is passion is a passion for me. Um, my father was a World War II veteran. Uh, this country was built on the battlefield, the battlegrounds, and he taught me to be a patriot. He taught me about America and to be proud. Um, and last year he passed away and I was talking to him before he died. And I told him, I said, dad, I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run. I want to save our country. Our country is in need of help. You fought for this country. Um, you know, there are so many Americans who fought and died for this country and to see it turn around into what it is today is truly devastating. And so before he died, it was one of the last things I said to him. Um, I'm making that promise to my father and to all Americans who fought so hard for this country. Uh, we have lost our way. This is not the will of the people. Our country is being run by government, not by the people. And it's, as far as I'm concerned, we need less politicians and more of you and me, more people who are ready to fight for this country, who aren't interested in being a politician who aren't in it for the payoffs and who are just there because they want to see our country get back to its roots of being a free nation 
based on, you know, our, our rights on, in the Constitution and in our Bill of Rights and, you know, our Declaration of Independence that freed us from where we were and we're getting right back to where we were. And we were given directions and we're at that point. This, this is a tyrannous nation. This is a country our founders warned us about and it's time to fight. So I'm going to take that fight from within. I'm going to make my best run for Congress so I can represent people of America, regular people of America. People who live in the everyday world. Yeah, it's kind of, that's really refreshing to hear. We need a lot more of that. Yeah, a lot more. Like, can we trade like 90% of the ones we got for more people like this? Well, we'll be able to do a little bit of that in yeah. about nine months. Now, Ann, America First is a, is a big, bold statement. You know, a lot of these uh, candidates getting in here for the midterms that have come through our show, you know, everybody kind of identifies as America First in a few different ways. You did talk about big government and uh, mm-hmm. getting some of the real people in there to represent you. What are some of the America First policies that are, you know, part of your campaign flat platform that you're going to make really part of the focus once you get into the Beltway and head down to D.C. after the midterms? Well, you know, the biggest, I think, especially for me living in California, is secure our borders. Our borders have been, you know, just overrun with just totally open, letting people come in from every country in the world. People want to come over to America. They just come through our our southern border. There's no protection at our border. We need to continue building the wall. We need to, we have so much of our purchased wall sitting there, not built. All of our contracts have gone by the wayside. And it's time that we start building that wall again. I think it's really important to secure our nation. My video really goes into this and how Joe Biden has just destroyed us as a nation over time, every step of the way. But people are just pouring over our border from countries that hate us. We, we need a protection in our country. And securing our border, I, I believe, is our, our very biggest agenda. I think securing our elections is probably, I'll take that back and say, securing our elections is probably the most <laughs> important thing because without elections, we don't have America. Yeah. We in this country have um, you know, a stolen election. President Trump won fair and square. I, I pro- he probably won by twice as much as, as Joe Biden. I've heard some estimates. I, I don't think Joe Biden got anywhere near. He couldn't even fill 15 COVID circles. I just, <laughs> it's, it, it's unbelievable that people actually believe it. And I, I don't really believe that people believe it. No. I have a quote um, that I stole from someone is, everybody knows he won, but I know it. I know you know it. I know you know I know it. And I know you know I know you know it. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Yeah. It's a stolen election. And if we don't um, get our election integrity especially in California. California is the state that I'm representing. In California, it is so corrupt. Our election system, you know, we allow illegal people to vote. Uh, You can go to, you know, I know they say that they don't, but you go to motor vehicles and you can register to vote, even if you are illegal, even if you're just getting uh, a license to drive your car in America, you can register to vote. Now they say that they put them in a pool but people are getting ballots. Illegal yep. people are voting. People with green cards are voting. We have legal ballot harvesting. We have jungle primaries where you can can vote in the primary for two Democrats. Like we had a choice between D- Diane Feinstein and someone like even more ridiculously <laughs> yeah. liberal. And so you have to vote for Diane Feinstein to keep the crazy lunatic liberal out. So. This is where we've become in California and the rest of the United States. I mean, it's, it's, I truly believe it was many years in the making, but if we don't secure our elections, we don't have America. 
you know, I know America is a constitutional republic, but our voting systems is built on democracy. And without democracy, we don't have America. So I think that's, you know, a huge part of what we need to do to really help save our country. But yeah, if President Trump, he built a movement and it's it's our job to carry his torch into the 2024 election where I hope that he runs again and becomes our faithful leader again. Yeah, so do we. And those are some really good points you made regarding the southern border and then election integrity. I want to kind of touch on California a little bit. You know, we uh, you'd be doing some great work in the in Washington D.C. after the midterms, um, in in you know regards to national policy and stuff like that. But there's also some things going on here. I think best of the rest when you talk about governors who wound up surviving being the most tyrannical uh, mm-hmm. through COVID is probably Gavin Newsom. Uh, definitely, yeah. you know, continues to rule the state by a king, mandating vaccines for children now, trying to get the ones for babies. And uh, Well, he got more popular when they tried to recall him. Recall him. So, yeah, according obviously to, people love him. According to the polls and the <laughs> safest and secure voting systems that we have here in California. <laughs> that's, the, that's the secure voting system that yeah. I was talking about. <laughs> Squared away. So, I mean, we obviously all saw them. Part of me thinks that the administration in D.C. may have reached out to some of those people going to the to the Rams game last week and said, listen, we're taking L's every which way you can turn. Russia, Ukraine right now is awful. Voting bills dead. Build back betters dead. Nobody wants to pack the Supreme court. We started to mention guns when we went to New York about talking, getting guns off the street. Would you guys go out and make a public appearance without your mask on and take some attention off of us, please? I really think part of that, (laughs) it sounds funny when I say it just that way, but just how all of them were there, London Breed, Garcetti, you had the DA, uh, you had Gavin Newsom, they're all together, all no masks off. They were holding their breath, it's fine. Then they lie and say they like hold their breaths, and people just have videos of them sitting there the entire game not wearing their mask. How do you feel overallly about our governor right now? And what are some of the things you you think uh, working with some of your colleagues in D.C. after the midterm elections you would do to kind of take some of these powers away that he keeps extending for himself over and over again? I think first all mandates just need to on a federal basis. You know, I think we just need to just end all mandates, mask mandates and vaccination mandates, especially. And I can go one step further into the vaccinations in a minute. But, you know, these mandates are just rules for thee and not for me that yeah. we hear, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Lauren Bober and, and, you know, people in Congress that are patriotic Americans like them uh, talk about a lot. But, you know, we these these forceful rules that, you know, they're not listening to the will of people. They're forcing things. Whenever you use the word force, you have to know that that's not American. And I think that's really important. I can't send my kids to school in California if I don't agree to vaccinate them. Um, it is something that if in kindergarten and in seventh grade, if they're not fully vaccinated according to their schedule, they can't even attend school. They've taken that to Christian schools. Private schools now have to follow all those rules. And that's, you know, a conflict of Christianity in general because there are, you know, some of the ingredients in the vaccines are controversial from a Christian standpoint. So, you know, now we're seeing a lot of force even before this, you know, magical COVID vaccine that doesn't work. (laughs) And something that I think is a really big problem in California in general, these vaccine mandates, but you see it in New Jersey, Governor Murphy, you know, you know, a lot of these, these leftist, very leftist states. And, you know, they say what goes in California, so goes America. So I think it's important that we pay close attention to what happens in California and that we stop things in California. The problem is, is California has that supermajority. They own the voting system. So we really need to work on, on voter integrity from here. 
um, from California. There, there's other states that are rebelling. My friend John Rocha, who's running for state representative in mm-hmm. Michigan, is running the Michigan audit. Wisconsin has recently um, had people come uh, in their assembly and say that they want to decertify. So Arizona's doing their audit. We're, you know, we're making headway, but we need to make it quicker. 2022 election is a very important, you know, year for people taking back this country and uh, voter integrity needs to really, we have very short time to fix it. Yeah. Um, but in California, you know, we, we have so many things that, you know, our Governor Newsom is tyrannical. I mean, he's the definition of a tyrannical leader. We just, if we can get a hold of some of our voter integrity, and I believe California is a purple state. I think if, you know, it can go, and it has traditionally gone Republican and Democrat. This notion that California is this blue state, to me, honestly, is crazy. I go to the rallies. I see people in Los Angeles and San Diego and Orange County, up in Sacramento. It's, it's, not a, it's, not a pur- it's not a blue state. It's a purple state. So I think we just really need to work hard on getting our, our country back on track from, from the Constitution up. But if I got into Congress, I would work very hard to bring back our Constitution, to bring back what we were founded upon. Right. Um, hopefully, you know, just be a loud voice in this country. Yeah, and a strong representative. Last thing I want to touch on with you is, uh, you know, you mentioned your district is uh, northern San Diego and parts of Orange County. Why don't you talk about mm-hmm. the uh, political demographic there? What kind of uh, support have you seen, you know, and then based off of some of the information from the 2020 presidential election, that's a pretty strong, that's like kind of Trump country in uh, Southern Trump California country, right yeah. there. Yeah, so it's it's pretty good that you're you're jumping into the race there. What's it like? It's, you know, it's it's got Mike Levin as our... Um, our our congressperson he's been in for a couple of terms now uh, i'm not really sure how he got elected in such a red area but they do call it a d plus it was a d plus four now it's a d plus two which mm-hmm. in this next election cycle will probably be something like an r plus five so i think it's very uh, likely that mike levin won't be able to survive it however his bestie is adam Schiff. Yep. he votes in lockstep with him so we'll see if we can you know have some voter integrity in this, in this district. We'll know. Um, we have, uh, it's, it's definitely Trump country. And I think that is very interesting is that, you know, I mentioned when I was talking to you before we started that, um, I had kind of a a lot of the time of my announcement had, you know, been delayed. And that is because of so many times I, I was given advice, you know, you can't talk about Trump so much in your district. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't have anybody in my district talking about Trump right now. Why? He was the greatest leader we had. This is such a Trump saturated area. I can tell you the GOP is trying to silence and really stop pe- making people talk a lot about Trump. I find that very disheartening. The GOP though, I find in California GOP definitely endorsing some rhinos and definitely even some Democrats. Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you believe it? So I think that I am coming along to be the only person that's very outspoken in my district about my affinity for our best, the best president that we had, in my opinion, Donald Trump. I think he is something that, you know, especially we had the boat parades here. Yep. We had, you know, we have so many people who absolutely love Trump. I see in this district that we should be talking more about America first politics. And I think there's some patriotic Americans. I think there's some rhinos running. I think there's, you know, there's some people running. Unfortunately, you know, 
I am just starting. I need to get myself out there more, but by doing radio shows like this, by, you know, by knocking on doors, by making phone calls, I'm going to get myself out there. But why aren't we talking about Donald Trump in this district? It is a very red district. It's a very, you know, we have Camp Pendleton, the main base. We have Oceanside, Carlsbad, very, you know, conservative places. You drive down um, PCH down there and you see, you know, big Trump flags and American flags and a lot of support for Donald Trump. So, I, I live in Southern Orange County myself. Uh, people, you know, they love Trump. They just do. People see me walking and they're always like coming up to me and talking to me about Donald Trump. So I'm the only America First candidate. And I think that's going to go far with people. I hope. I like I it. Hope. Yeah, definitely. We definitely called it on election night that we expected there to be a red wave in California. And when the uh, bullshit that happened <laughs> happened, we were all just like, wait, Yeah, it is crazy. Election night was so crazy. You had an entire election decided by four states in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. when they ballot dumped. And it was so just, I mean, we've all seen it. I don't need to get into it, but it was crazy. It was crazy. Not to mention calling them before even they could be called legitimately. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Brett Bayer. And we yeah. want to be able to uh, direct our listenership, especially those in Southern California, to come out and support you, whether they're knocking on doors or sharing your social medias and donating to your campaigns. Why don't you tell us where we could find your uh, campaign website and across social medias? Um, you can find my website is um, in for America, no www at this moment because it is being built and it's being directed to actually my WinRed page right now, which is my video, which you have to see. It is such an incredible wrap up of the past year of Joe Biden. It went viral. It is um, at the top of my page and it has a little bit of a bio um, on there, but my website is still being developed on all social media. So it's amforamerica.com. And then on all social media, I am Anne Elizabeth US. Yeah, we're definitely going to... Uh, and that's Anne with an E at the end of it. So A-N-N-E. Yeah, We'll live link that Anne in the show description today. America. Yeah, yeah. And, and we'll start getting some traffic from Southern California and beyond your way. We got to get those out of state individual donators as uh, well. And this is the America First candidate who's looking to represent California 49 in the 2022 midterm elections. Anne Elizabeth, thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you for having me. What'd you guys think of Anne? She was pretty solid. She has awesome. Yeah, I know she said it was one of her first uh, interview segments, but I think she. Uh, I didn't know she was local until she said that. That was awesome. Yeah, I saw I saw her hype video on online last week, and I reached out to her uh, campaign guy. And you know, it's good that to have somebody like that coming out of California because mm-hmm. I don't think number one we have enough of it, and number two, you know, every number helps. Yeah. The news cycle is kind of taking some weird turns over the last week. Um, things that, listen, I don't think anybody could be more relieved than the Biden administration that the uh, Beijing Olympics are starting. I think it's Number pronounced one. Byron. There you go. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, are they going to be getting some kickbacks from China? Hunter Biden and friends is, is anybody's guess. But anything that can take away from the absolute dumpster fire that has been their policies and agenda from day one is a relief to them. I don't think a lot of people, at least in the United States, are going to be watching the Olympics after what happened with, you know, COVID and then just the CCP in general, their human rights violations, et cetera. Um, They are still trying to push a little bit of that Russia-Ukraine narrative, even though Ukraine has flatly set out, no one's invading us, stop saying it, you're ruining our economy. And then Russia said, you know, we have a list of demands. Part of Ukraine is our right to be and... We're just just the tip. 
Minor incursion. Just for a second. Yeah, see how it feels. Right. Oh, no, step bro. So, one of our favorite punching bags um, at the State Department, Ned Price, got into it. And it's funny that Nick's back today because Nick's back. It's It's been a really long time. And then all of a sudden, regular, normal journalists start making references to Alex Jones. It really happened yesterday. And I'm going to play it for it right now. One, one last thing. Like, I, I, I'm not buying into Russian propaganda, but I'm also not going to buy into an, I'm not accusa- asking you an to- accusation. Yes, you are. You're saying the proof is that I just said it. So let me just appeal. That's to what you, you said? On behalf of all of us, yes, and the American people, and the people of the world, and the Russian people, <laughs> and the Ukrainian people, one piece of evidence to suggest that the Russians are planning to use crisis actors to stage a false mass casualty event to use as a pretext. Just one piece, okay? And not you or Kirby or Jen or John Finer or Jake saying this is what is so. And then you turning around and saying, well, because we said it, it's a fact. So let me one let, piece of let me one make, piece of verifiable evidence. Let, let me make let me make a, a couple broad points, and I I, I acknowledge this will probably unset, be unsatisfactory to you in the moment, uh, but uh, here's what I think you know, uh, what I certainly know, uh, what everyone here knows. There are a hundred thousand Russian troops like encircling Ukraine right now, uh, approaching Ukraine's borders, close to the borders. There are thousands of Russian troops. Uh, with the potential for some 30,000 Russian troops to stream in to Belarus. Uh, all of these forces are positioned, could well be positioned, if Putin makes that decision, uh, to uh, engage on Ukraine in a coordinated assault. Uh, we also know uh, that the Russians have resorted to these tactics in the past, uh, have uh, developed a remarkably similar playbook in 2014, amassed troops, uh, engaged Masked? in 2014, it is a historical <laughs> fact, uh, engaged in disinformation and propaganda to paint Ukraine as the aggressor, uh, fabricated a pretext for an invasion, and went in. So with what we know from eight years ago, with what we have seen, you and I both have seen, everyone has seen, with what we have heard eight years ago, in the ensuing eight years, uh, and in recent weeks, um, and that time it is right seems now. to me that uh, it should not be outlandish uh, that the Russians may be uh, engaging well, in this okay, activity but, but not again. being outlandish doesn't mean that you have any proof that it's, that it's happening the second point, or the being planned. Hold on, Ned, you can't just... All of that may very well be true. probably is true, okay? But it doesn't true. provide any evidence of what you're alleging now, which is that they're planning this mass fake mass casualty event with quote unquote crisis actors, which is something that, you know, in the U.S. we rarely hear outside of the kind of, you know, nutty steak for breakfast podcast um, (laughs) uh, crowd. Well, to be to be clear, we're not alleging what the United States is doing. Uh, This is information available to us. No, no. The Russians are up to. I understand your point, but I just you, want to... You do? Because, I mean, uh, you're spreading into <laughs> serious waters here. And, 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 and if you can't provide any evidence other than, well, I said so, and so it's a fact, that's a problem. 
Matt, there's a second point. Uh, this is derived from intelligence. Intelligence in which uh, we well, have confidence, we, in which we have confidence. The otherwise, same confidence you had in, in, otherwise, in WMD. Uh, otherwise, oh, otherwise, oh, otherwise, oh, otherwise we would not be making it public in the way we are. Uh, but here's, here's the other point. Say that. Um, intelligence and evidence, uh, these are two separate things. Uh, it is uh, yeah, no. But you're, but you're saying it's a fact and that, it, that you have proof. And then you can't offer any proof and to, to, to show that it's fact. I'll drop it. The, yeah, this is so good. Move on. So good. Yeah. I never yeah, he's I, like, yeah, yeah, you did. You know, I hope drop that it. people saw that because, listen. Oh, I'm surprised I, it's not scrubbed on the internet already. I know. It, it, this hard to find. it has been happening for so long. But, you know, people are awake now and they're realizing, thinking back in time, holy shit, mm -hmm. intelligence, you know, briefings and proof is only High by their words. Huh? It's all the keywords. Literally, yeah, like, as insane. soon as he started saying that, I was like, what about just like the WMDs? And then he just went out there right. and did it. I was Reliable like, nice. intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. When he said I it was, when wild. he said it was, uh, this is like some Alex Jones stuff. The guy, <laughs> the spokesman, he was just sitting there and he, <laughs> I died, he I died, blinked but... for so long. He was just looking at him and he was like, <sighs> and then opened it. He's like, listen, we're going off of reliable intelligence. He's like, no, 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 no. It's so funny that the press, listen. Honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. We needed that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to see how the brakes have been pumped on this administration should just bring in your casual politics right, listener. Exactly. The administrative state, listen, when they're done with you, it doesn't matter which party you ride for. All they care about is their job. You know, right. things are going to get shooken up if we wind up going to war. We already said we weren't doing shit, and they have 3,000 troops mobilized heading into the region. So who knows what that means? Yeah, they're going to show up and everybody there is just like, why are you here? Yeah. Everything's yeah, fine. That's the, that's, the, that's the issue. So here's the thing, too. Like, Americans don't give a fuck about Ukraine. Belarus. Like, Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, and, uh, and Belarus. Like, listen, that's not our problem. We got other shit to deal with. And I think that people are there now. They're not even, like, listening to this bullshit. Well, hold on. Do you think they're getting hazard pay? I'll go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Right. Because if it's but, not, not a, you know, I don't have anything to worry about and get hazard pay, that sounds pretty legit. I right. bet it won't be considered a war zone, do, do, do so they don't have to pay that. Do you think they care about your vaccination status if you're uh, liable to get blown up? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I think they do. It'll be listed as a COVID death if you do get blown up. There you go. got them. So, well, but that's the thing. Americans don't care about this. They have way worse issues that they're dealing with personally because of these crazy people, evil people, and what they've done and what they've you know put on this country and just every. I mean, from the vaccinations to like the mandates and people losing their jobs. I mean, nobody cares about like what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and Belarus. And people are trying you know, to fight for their family, put food on the table. Exactly. So I, I think that this is waking up so many people when they see stuff like this at now. And cause now I'm sure, cause I was even myself, even though I'm aware of these things, looking back at all the times when based on intelligence and their words, we went to war and, you know, it's just, it's mind blowing when you really check all of this. It's crazy. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, you know, who thinks it's uh, really crazy is Ted Cruz. He was on the floor of the Senate yesterday talking about some of this crap after a couple uh spokesmen came out from the Pentagon and the DOD to weigh in on it and uh, had some fine words for the administration. The Zodiac. Lion Ted. <laughs> some Americans are asking... Why should we care what happens to Ukraine? We were just talking about this. Or what happens to NATO countries that border Russia. Now let me be clear, there's some who justify American foreign policy and say we have an amorphous 
obligation to protect democracies. What? Amorphous. We have an obligation to protect international norms. Hmm. Madam President, I think all of that is bunk. <laughs> we have an obligation to protect the national security of the United States of America. The Commander-in-Chief's obligation is to keep Americans safe. Protect his orifice. What does that mean in this context? Well, I want to make four points. Number one, what Putin is trying to do is reassemble the USSR. If he succeeds in doing so, it would be catastrophic for global stability and American security. Putin and Russia are an enemy of America. When the Soviet Union was bigger, stronger, mightier, and with a bigger military, the lives of Americans and the lives of our allies were in far greater jeopardy. It is overwhelmingly in America's interest to prevent Putin from reassembling the Soviet Union because we do not wish for our enemies to become stronger and use that strength against us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of natural resources in Belarus and uh, Ukraine, especially oil and uh, natural gas refineries. And, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of corruption linked to the Biden administration as well. Yeah. To Putin say the can least. just open his mouth one time yeah. and. I think Hunter has a summer home there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a few. And a few baby mamas. I was going to say probably a couple of gals <laughs> over there, too. That was back when he had his summer teeth. Ugh. Right? <laughs> Well, our least favorite White House spokeswoman, Jen Psaki, Syndrome. weighed in on some of this. There was also commentary from uh, Senator Hawley saying that the Biden administration was using reverse Russian disinformation on its own people to promote this. Wow. Wag the dog when her, style. When her administration, Obama, legalized propaganda and revoked the Smith Month Act. Hey, that's when, that's when she wore the, uh, <laughs> the Russian soldier hat, the big pom-pom on her head. Right. And took oh, pictures man. outside of the White House at the Christmas dinner with her and her family. But, um, yeah, so she weighed in on, on Senator Hawley and uh, Ted Cruz kind of uh, pushing back on this narrative. And uh, you're not going to be surprised. It's... Equal parts annoying and bullshit. Yeah, sounds about right. Senator Hawley uh, was at the statement today saying that the, uh, uh, the that the president should sort of take NATO membership off the table for Ukraine and that it wasn't in the U.S. interest to do that. Do you think that sort of rhetoric or sort of you know position by a U.S. senator right now is, is helpful in this in this showdown between the West and, and Russia? Well, if you are just digesting Russian misinformation and parroting Russian talking points, uh, you are not aligned uh, with uh, long-standing bipartisan American values. It's only okay when we do it. stand up for the sovereignty of countries like Ukraine, but others, uh, their right to choose their own alliances, and also to stand against, very clearly, the efforts uh, or attempts or potential attempts by any country to invade and take territory of another country. Uh, that applies to Senator Hawley, but it also applies to uh, others who may be parroting the talking points of Russian propagandist leaders. Oh, stop it. Shut <laughs> up. Do you think she believes the stuff that she says? Or How she... come somebody doesn't hit her with a snowball in the I back of the I bet you the, the minute she gets off the stage, she goes in the back room and just throws up. No, she drinks well, heavily. You know, yeah, she probably throws them back. Haven't you seen her in the beginning? She know like... like um, you got Nancy Pelosi in the back like with the water boy, but it's like full of tequila. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. In so, the beginning, she was a disaster. Yeah. I was going to say that, um, that reporter that questioned, um, what's his name about the intelligence for Russia. Right. I mm -hmm. think that same reporter put Saki's feet to the fire as well. And I'm trying to remember his name. I've totally forgot, but I remember it's, seeing the video. It's, it's Matt Lee. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I have to look it up and see if that was him. Um, uh, towards her, but after they kept recording and you could, you saw her like, just like, like deflate and like roll her eyes and like, like what the fuck is going on? Like, why am I having to do all this shit? You could just totally tell. Cause it's your job. Well, you guys were going to be nice to us. Regrets taking that job. Oh yeah, for because sure. Because like, there's no way she believes the stuff that she says. Like her tone, if you realize every, every, everything she's ever said has the exact same tone and connotation. Whether yeah, she's lying no. or telling the truth or admitting defeat, it's always this monotone, and you can yeah. tell she just wants to get off stage and not be there. I think she's oh. getting paid a lot more than they let on. Like whatever well, she, her she, whatever her she, figure on paper is yeah. versus what they're actually giving it's her under the table. Probably comes in like vacation bonuses and like yeah, and she's compromised too, though. So that's why she has to be there, in my opinion. I think she, I mean, if she was a part of the Obama administration, you oh, know, of course. She, like so, and, they're like, "Bitch, you better fucking do your job. You ain't going." They probably <laughs> have some gnarly blackmail on her. Oh yeah, I can imagine. For, who's her husband again? I oh, can you imagine? Just be like, I can't say that. That's such bullshit. I'm gonna look like a total idiot. It's like, yeah, well, we're gonna show this video of you they're like this. Ding ding ding! Look at what we got. This video of you <laughs> wearing on? clown shoes on a unicycle. <laughs> and she's a ginger. Ugh. Yeah. Can't trust those people. I apologize. <laughs> Any gingers that are listening? Well, you know who's not a ginger? Not really. But a new friend to the show. My new Instagram conversation buddy, Madison Cawthorn. Nice. Was on the house floor yesterday. He wheeled up to the podium and uh, was ready to spit some fire. Uh, opposite of Cruz and, and Hawley up in the Senate, he was down on the house floor talking about how this whole narrative is bullshit and so is Joe Biden. And he said it almost as uh, succinctly as that. Let's hear him. The sons and daughters of America are not foot soldiers for your party's inept geriatric despot. <laughs> They are not expendable wow. pawns to be dispatched at the whims of an idiot, tossed carelessly around the world to godforsaken caves and bloody sandboxes. <laughs> they are Americans, worthy of, honor, worthy of honor and dignity. The only salute from them Joe Biden deserves involves one finger. <laughs> American blood is not the currency what? of the world. It cannot be borrowed, exchanged, or lent to any man or any nation. Its worth is immeasurable. American patriots in uniform all signed a blank check to their nation. And already under this administration in Afghanistan, Joe Biden cashed it for 13 patriots through his reckless incompetence. Yep. The path to American national security does not lie in American international interventionism. It lies in securing our southern border, not the Russia-Ukraine border. Our greatness is forged in our resistance to interference. The war lobby has no ally in the America First Republicans. We will preserve our strength through nationalism. We will champion America first today and America first forever. We earned our greatness. Let others earn theirs. And if Joe Biden hasn't prostituted our preeminence to the military industrial complex by the time Donald Trump returns, we will preserve this great city on a hill for the descendants of our grandchildren. Hmm. Thank you. Wow. That was excellent. Wow, wow. That didn't, that didn't sound anything like what you said. That was hot. <laughs> Glad to see him maturing. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, really picking up steam. Man, we're going to have some amazing people, you know, in government after all this is said and done. I was I'm, just I'm, thinking I'm, that. I'm excited for that, you know. There's going to be some epic Braveheart speeches. Well, we, I, oh, yeah, I think for sure. If anything, you know, in life in general, especially with, like, family and kids, there's always highs and lows. 
you know, sometimes you're in a valley for like a couple of years, it feels like. Yeah. But when you make it on top of that valley in life and you're doing well, maybe you buy a house or something and everything's going well, it makes the shitty times worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this country is going to see an unprecedented movement of patriotism that we've never seen before. And oh, I yeah. think, you know, when when it becomes survival and red and blue kind of fade away, which is kind of what's happened in the last couple of years where we've been under tyrannical rule, especially in California. Yeah. You have people that are diehard liberals and at this moment, they're not going to tell conservatives that they're wrong. Yeah, it's like they hit, they're their, hitting rock bottom. Yeah, in their heart, they're like, I can't do another four years of this. And I think that if anything, you know, embracing the suck during this time, people know Biden didn't win. And the yeah. people that are dying on that hill are dying. They're stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah, you talk to those they're, people. They're part of the machine, like, you know, blue check marks and people like that, you know, yeah, or and, and people you that are pirating those people. Yeah. But then, you know, for the normal everyday liberal, for example, they're like quiet right now. They're if like, anything, the they're questioning yeah. their core values, which is a step in the right direction, because that's the turning point of people's um demeanor and and their political view on life where oh 800 bucks every couple months is what the government's giving me and that's i'm supposed to vote for them because of that mm. like that's not they're sending anything. billions of dollars to like pakistan for gender studies where mm. over there if you even if you're even gay or even think about transitioning as a trans you did throw you off a, a building you did it doesn't make sense so you know this great awakening is is legit it's it's wild when you really check it like and when you really look at like, you know, the stolen election and all this stuff, you know, that we're like, you know, hope hopefully will be rectified. But you realize after in retrospect, you're like that all this shit had to happen. It's crazy, but it had to happen in order to wake up the, the rest of the people that were sleeping, the yeah. country to unite, you know, under one, you know, under the same thing, you know, crimes against humanity unites everybody. Yeah. Correct. And I think, too, like even if you look at a marriage or like relationship sometimes there hasn't been a fight in a marriage for like a couple years and then yeah. you have like a legit good fight where you just air out everything you're feeling and everything gets like thrown on the table and i think that's where america's at right now where it's like everything a word vomit and like how people are really feeling and and the reality of where we're at as a country and as citizens trying to survive and you know kind of navigate through like tyrannical what is the word? Tyrannical? Like? There you go. Um, on my podcast, on my show, we don't use big words like that. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, you know, we're trying to navigate through that. And you have people who are blue collar people who were Republic or for, were Democrats for years. And now they're like, dude, I just want to provide for my family. And I think now's the time where everyone's just throwing everything out. There's no holds bars within families and like the conversation at the dinner table. And it's going to turn into you know what's best for my family is to vote for people who are down for this country. And, and historically that's been Republicans. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, and it might be a couple more dramatic events that happen in this country, whether it's another war or, or something like that. But in the next 10 years, I don't think that we're going to ever have someone like Joe Biden or Barack Obama in office again. You know, if, if anyone's going to be liberal, it's going to be like a JFK who's actually reasonable or somewhat on the blue side, if someone gets reelected in that state of mind, it's not going to be some far left liberal. I mean, when we go to war with Russia in four months, it's not going to, no one's going to care about gender studies or which bathroom to use again. 
or where you can buy vegan donuts or whatever the case is. It's going to be survival of the fittest. And if you don't get in with the group who's down to fight, which is red-blooded Americans, I think people are going to figure out real quick that in order to survive, you have to get with the program. And it is, it's going to be it is what it is. And if you're not down with that, it's going to be survival of the fittest. And the people that are going to fall off are the ones who are saying Biden won 100% fair and square, even though he can't wash his hands by himself. <laughs> You know, well, it's I, all these people, everything that's happening. It's not just like, okay, I'm super lefty. I don't like that you're patriotic and you have your flag in your front lawn. Now it's like my kid's trying to get a sports scholarship and some dude just took it away from him. Correct. It's affecting people that it never affected before. And I think too, like you have, you have people that are, I would say, quote unquote liberal that are, you can have a conversation with some of these people. Moderates. Moderate, yeah, and and those are the people who are going to sway this. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have people that are far left that are going to die on that hill. But you have people who have families who maybe worked some union job for the past 20 years, and they're just trying to retire. And like Noah said, they're at the point now where they're like, this is this has gone way far left than I've ever planned. Yeah, you know, you it, have, went, it went so far left, now it's right. Now you have the 400-pound blue-haired Starbucks barista. <laughs> Nobody cares what those people think anymore. You know, five years ago, I was like, that person needs a voice. We need to respect its um, views and all that. And now you have people who are moderately Democrat who are going, dude, I don't give a crap what this person thinks anymore. I, I don't want that, that person people to be next. I don't want Jabba the Hutt making my coffee in the morning anymore. Right. Well, and liberal writing. and Democrat and, you know, Republican doesn't even matter, like you said, anymore. But I, I think that a lot of people don't understand, like, like for example, you mentioned JFK. He... Today, he would be considered a Republican mm-hmm. for sure, like hard 100%. on the right That's sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Like this two party system needs to fucking epically fail. And like, when it, we forget that this was written back, but we need people, to run on it, you know, but. this whole system was designed when people wore powdered wigs. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of ironic. That we still have. Are you saying you want to bring back powdered wigs? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, you know, it's probably not. You know, it's in England, you know? it's so funny, actually. Those square toed shoes with the buckles on the top. Yeah, yeah he's got square toed <laughs> shoes on right now. Nice. Well, these are cow- these are shit kickers. Well, there you go. Um, I'm not wearing baseball pants tucked into my socks, wearing a powdered wig. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Are you saying that's a bad look? How dare you? you? Oh, what are, what, is that like your version of like your description of skinny jeans or skinny pants? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, it's, I was just wondering, like, jeans, what? colonial it's the skinny jeans, jeans that have the elastic. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, Cuff like on it. the bottom that are like riding four inches above your uh, that you ankles. Could blouse. <laughs> oh, joggers? Is that what they're called? I don't know. I hate them. They look. I think we should probably execute people that are wearing those. So <laughs> and <annoying>. we're back <laughs> there. <laughs> Welcome to China. Yeah. Well, you know who you guys talked about the Great Awakening. You know who sure. was greatly awakened a few nights ago was uh, none other than Abu Ibrahim Al Hashimi Al. Kiranchi. What's, what's his last name? He, he's now the former leader of ISIS. I don't know why you'd want ranch dressing oh, sashimi. Oh, man. After a two-hour gun battle with some Black Hawk helicopters. and uh, US They lasted two hours against a Black Hawk? A couple of them, and they had to blow one up because it didn't Weren't work Weren't they ambushed? Again. I don't know. I, I saw some of the raw video. It was, it was, it was pretty intense. And uh, long yeah, story short, see. as they the ground teams moved in, uh, the former, now former leader of ISIS blew himself and his entire family up. Oh, yeah, I heard that. that um, was, and, like, there was body parts, like, everywhere. I, was that big of a blast? Oh, yeah, no. You should have seen, like, the babies were, fr- him. were frozen. Like, what? Wait, what? Frozen animation. 
What do you like, mean? I don't know what that means. Well, I, I've seen some of the video, like in the Middle East, when they do new, news reports, they show them taking. Oh, look! It's a fucking. It's a. Well, it's yeah, a leg. no, they show everything on the news there. And then guy, another guy, like they lift up a piece of a wall, and there's like a baby, and the baby's like, no, suspended animation with its hands in front of its face, and look, it actually looks like a doll. Wow. So yeah, there's some pretty graphic footage, a lot of blood. Ooh, but long God. story short, he's it's dead. Afghanistan animation. Yeah, you want to hear uh, Joe Biden inco- incoherently talk about? Uh, Did he even know it happened? Probably not. He said he directed it. Last what? night, operating on my orders, oh, God. the United States military forces successfully moved a major terrorist threat to the world, the global leader of ISIS. They weren't going to have known him say that as name. Haji Abdullah. He <laughs> took over as leader of ISIS in uh, 2019 after the United States counterterrorism operation killed al Baghdadi. Since then, ISIS has directed terrorist operations targeting Americans, our allies, and our partners and countless civilians in the Middle East, Africa, and in South Asia. Our team is still compiling the report, but we do know that as our troops approach to capture the terrorist, in a final act of desperate cowardness, he, with no regard to the lives of his own family or others in the building, he chose to blow himself up, not just to the vest, but to blow up that third floor, rather than face justice for the crimes he has committed. So what did he have, like a suicide sofa instead of a suicide vest? Like what? Apparently he had a suicide Why floor. Why did they call him a scholar? <laughs> so confused. Trying to get to, he's trying to get like, I mean, obvious, it's obvious what they're trying to do. Like give him like some sort of like win, you know, like how Trump got Qasem Soleimani and whatnot and distract everybody from Russia. Well, they were, they were talking shit it, about him not like, who did he not notify? And then the same thing happened for this one, right? Well, it's funny too, like when Obama yeah. took credit for killing Osama, the left was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. He's the greatest right? president ever. And then when Trump did it in like the most glorious fashion ever, people were like, he was a like crazy. He was a great man. <laughs> no, they had a really good defiant else today. It's a great account if you don't follow on Twitter. Yeah, that was solid. So it was like the top tweet was Obama killed bin Laden. Biden killed this guy. Donald Trump bended the knee to the Taliban. And I'm just like, wait, dumb. What? But wow. the, the picture was, you know, they always have a picture like superimposed into the background. It was a picture of Soleimani laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, it's one of those things where they just, they continue to rewrite history almost on a daily basis, thanks to our friends down at the New York Times and over at the Pentagon. And uh, speaking of which, John Kirby weighed in on the minor incursion that happened in uh, northwest Syria between U.S. commandos and ISIS fighters. Um Still trying to paint a picture here. There was not initial reports confirmed about how many, well, they call them civilians. Wait, but were these SEAL teams? Were they vaccinated? <sighs> That's a great question. Let's, let's see if John Kirby answers that one. I wish I was, like, legit um, press. I, I would you, ask some you, ridiculous you questions. That you said you That'd be a good verified one. three civilians were killed. And also, could you elaborate on, uh, perhaps explain a little further... What Secretary Austin meant in his written statement Secretary about Austin. looking into the possibility that U.S. actions may have resulted in harm to civilians. What exactly is he referring to? So we know that uh, uh, that when Abdullah uh, detonated an explosive device, Abdul, which obviously it killed wasn't him, Abdul. Uh, uh, we know that there were uh, three people on that third floor with him uh, that were also killed. Uh, his wife. Uh, and two children, um, uh, and uh, so that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the the, the three. Uh, we also know, as I said, that uh, we were able to safely evacuate ten individuals, six from the first floor, 
an adult male, an adult female, uh, and, uh, and uh, four children, and then four children from the second floor, uh, which our forces were able to safely get uh, to get uh, out of the building on that second floor where uh, one of Abdullah's lieutenants engaged our forces. Uh, um, uh, actually, yeah, one of his lieutenants no. and the lieutenant's wife uh, firing back at our forces. Uh, they were he's killed. It up as uh, he goes along. He's, he's and, literally uh, making it up. And it, it appears as if uh, a, a child was also killed on that second floor. Mm. People. By U.S. forces. So Hollywood's calling. Well, I mean, he's here's wait, the thing. Wait, they're blaming us or the bomb that he blew up. He said in the beginning there was three confirmed dead, but has already described the deaths of four people. Yeah, and then is continuing on. He doesn't even know what the hell he's saying. He can't keep track of his lies. Like I mean, they, that's what happens when you lie. They're, <laughs> they're counting it like the votes. Like this one's two. Right. Well, technically, the raid was in the middle of the night, so it is applicable. Mm. And uh, we're going to get to uh, here in a sec just about how many uh, people actually may have died. For real. Go check out the reality on the ground. CNN's Arwa Damon reports that the story, what really happened, might be more complicated than what the Pentagon is saying. And we should warn you, the images in her report are graphic and disturbing. Mm. A small body is carried down the dark stairs. The rescue workers speak in thick whispers. Wait, 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 one warns. It's stuck. They gently coax a tiny child's corpse out from under a large slab of concrete. It's a little girl. Another small body, a boy, is carefully wrapped in a blanket. This is what is left behind after U.S. Special Forces conducted an overnight raid in Syria. Later, the White House announced that they had, quote, removed the leader of ISIS, Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Quraishi. Huh? But the reality of she what happened it. is uglier than that simple statement. And the fog of war is filled with questions. The owner of the building says that two families lived here. One man, his wife, and three children. And his sister lived upstairs with her daughter, Abu Qutayba says. Seven bodies were found here. President Biden says it was al-Quraishi who detonated a bomb, killing himself and his family. But were there more people in the house that night? We don't know yet, but in all, at least 13 people were dead in the raid's aftermath, including six children. Eyewitnesses described helicopter gunships hovering overhead for hours, warnings to evacuate the house and surrender, intense gunfire, hearing multiple explosions. Light clashes occurred, and then the helicopters struck with machine guns, this man remembers. One of the strikes was here, and the rest were striking the targeted house. Did the U.S. forces fire on other buildings? Footage from the scene and the surrounding areas showed damage to multiple other buildings as well. This child's body, green socks on tiny feet, was ripped in half. Taking out ISIS's leader may be a win for America. It may put a temporary damper on ISIS's abilities, but ISIS will rise again and the war on terror will leave more innocence in its wake. So, I mean, that kind of paints a little bit more of a graphic picture for you. Um, I mean, at the end of the day... So I, did he blow himself up or not? 
Like they're saying believe, he didn't. I mean, it's so it's so hard to know what to believe anymore. You know. And listen, well, for, I mean, these people keep RPGs on the fucking nightstand, so I wouldn't be surprised. Well, the thing is, for as long well, as that, obviously that, but like it's a telescope. What, what's being reported in general. Yeah, as long as the shootout lasted, you know, there would have to have been bodies of fighters probably littered on the grounds of the building. Ones that they, you know, ran into probably entering and were those bodies removed by U.S. forces or were there prisoners as well? Mm-hmm. So right. it's really hard like, to like, determine. They, no, exactly. That's what I was thinking as well. Doesn't that sound like a? I know it's a third party agency that did it. It's, you know, obviously a news agency in, I believe, uh, Turkey that reported on it. But, um, man, doesn't it sound like they just want to pin that one on Trump, those those dead kids? Yes, exactly. I was thinking that while while I was listening. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if she would have segued and been like, this is how the current administration is continuing to carry out the butcher-like policies of the Trump administration. Yeah, I yeah. was waiting for them to tie it in, because so, that's just where everything goes. Give Jake, Jake Tapper a few days. I'm sure he'll figure it out. They kind of got a little stuff going on at CNN that we're going to get to in a little bit. Now Joe Biden has dementia and an alternate personality. Joe Biden is Donald Trump now. There you go. <laughs> I like it. He's, the he's like Beyonce's Sasha exploding. Fierce. <laughs> oh, God. Got him. I think people, not to sidetrack, but I think people are naive. No, let's. To, people are naive to the fact that this is going to be on, this is going to be a theme forever. Ever. Like, okay. Well, blaming well, everything on Donald Trump or? Well, that too. That as well as the fact that these people in these shithole countries who believe some ideology that some dipshit wrote years ago, and they're going to die on this hill of radical extremism, it's never going to stop. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like the war on terror, once it started, it's it's going to go. Well, that's getting need... fooled by uh, like people in the West. You have to understand, even these people who people, I mean, you can call them goat herders or whatever the fuck they are with their radical ideologies. They just want to be left alone too. Mm-hmm. Just like us white supremacists, you know, Trump supporters want to be left alone as well. You How know, dare but... you? <laughs> I just, but it, that's basically what it is. They're you. They literally created this narrative. Yes, there are radicals. There are terrorists, but they're not. They are doing what they've done. You know to America and other countries with the help of people in our government and the deep state. Correct. Obvious, you know, but I don't know if there'll ever be world peace. I mean, no, listen, there can be like stay in your lane. You stay in your lane, stay in your lane. Like people need to understand like multiculturalism doesn't work the way that I can't even get people to not drive in the fast lane. I don't think this lane thing is going to happen. So <laughs> people won't assimilate, for example, in America with, that come from these third world countries, right? And you see the disaster and the shit show it creates yeah. in like communities where like a lot of these like illegals, for example, that come from all walks of life get dropped off and it just completely fucks up the whole vibe, if yeah. that makes sense, you know? And that's how a country is. Like, look at France. You go and walk, like you can walk down the street in France and some of these other countries and even parts of America, and you're like, Am I in Saudi Arabia or am I? Well, there's just you know. as much poop on the street there as in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, look at Raheem, yeah. Raheem Kassam wrote the book No Go Zones and it talks about oh, parts, yes. of, parts of London. Yeah. So that, oh, are, yeah, that no, are... I, it's called London Stand for a reason. Yeah. It's very bad. And their Sharia law has completely taken over yep. many big parts of, you know, London. But that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, it's the media that is using those radical extremists. Well, not just media, but obviously the powers that be to cause dysfunction and chaos so they can 
distract all of us and, you know, make us all fight each other while they take over the world. And not make America (laughs) great again. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, Nick, it's pretty funny. We did the show for about a year over at uh, the uh, Nick Ranch before we moved here. We've been doing it since July in the new studio. This is awesome, by the way. And we're still talking about COVID. Imagine that. COVID-20? We're in 2022. COVID 2022. The Lake Macron. Yeah. Surprised I didn't get like a fancy like Apple edition. Oh. You know how Apple comes out with a new phone. It's like the 13 Pro. <laughs> well, that's that's COVID actually what happened. Pro. That's actually what happened. The new one came out and now none of the old ones work anymore. Are you talking about stealth Omicron? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I love how the for like the first three months no one could pronounce it. I can't believe Omicron. Omicron. Omicron? Omicron. Stealth Omicron can beat tests. Comic-Con? And, and you may not even. Have symptoms. Whoa, that sounds like <laughs> sounds like you're completely healthy. That sounds like you're not sick at all. Yeah. Well, you know what else made me sick was lockdowns and how they didn't work. We saw some data this week come out of uh, Johns Hopkins. It's weird that the media is completely ignoring that. Well, you know who didn't ignore it was Tucky, and he talked about it last night. Let's listen to it. Well, it's interesting. There's really only been one narrative on this entire topic, and it's probably one of the biggest interventions in the history of public health. And this study, uh, which came out today from my institution, looked at 34 different studies that asked this question, and they concluded that the lockdowns had no significant reduction in mortality (laughs) and an aggregated reduction of about two-tenths of one percent. Now, compare that number, which turns out to be about 1,800 individuals, to the number of non-COVID deaths, what we call the excess COVID, non-COVID mortality in the United States, it was 124,000 excess deaths in, the, in year one. So over two years, it was about From a quarter lockdowns. million people who died. Many, many scientists have not begun to peel back this number to understand why were more people dying than the normal death rate in the United States for reasons not related to COVID? Well, mm. we're now understanding that 60 to 70,000 of them died from substance abuse, uh, deferred cancer care. That statistic takes years to accrue. Uh, we know about the self-harm and suicide numbers. And there are hundreds of kids in Baltimore alone that the teachers describe never logged on to their virtual learning modules ever. And they were lost uh, to follow up forever in the school system. So we're now starting to recognize the collateral damage. And by the time we finally get the research that catches up with uh, public opinion, people may already have their own narrative written. Johns Hopkins itself did not even put out a press release about this study. And if you look at the media coverage, it's one of the biggest stories in the world today. And yet certain media outlets have not even covered it. You know, you hear people say the architects of these policies should be brought up on felony charges, imprisoned or whatever. Let's just start with telling the truth. Don't you think it would be a palliative? You're going to nuke John uh, it would Hopkins be good Twitter. for everyone if they would just admit <laughs> that they were wrong. Why is that so hard? Well, look, I've done that for myself. I called for the lockdowns, Tucker, when we saw what was happening in China. It was scary. We didn't know if we were going to lose one of our nation's children. And uh, pretty quickly, we started to get the data from northern Italy that showed us that not only was it not equally distributed. So I think we get the gist of it there. I think the funny part was, was uh, all of these, man, those kids in Baltimore. Wasn't that one of the places where they... Went 100% to online learning, or yeah. is that somewhere else? Was yeah. that Baltimore? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. The teachers exactly. don't even have to work. Hey. Exactly. Call of Duty ain't going to play itself, Junior. 
<laughs> like real live Call of Duty? Well, that's pretty, if you're talking about Baltimore, <laughs> Chicago, Washington, <laughs> D.C., New York City, Los Angeles, <laughs> San Francisco. The wi- Damn! Mm-hmm. The Wi-Fi sucks here. I can't get on my computer. Let's go steal, so my, let's go steal my, our neighbors. My PS5 <laughs> connects just fine. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a pretty explosive uh you know, study that came out. I'm I'm waiting to see Dr. Fauci go on the the Sunday morning news shows this weekend and say that John Hopkins is a bunch of what is what is he using? fringe radicalized. That'd be epic because yeah, I white not, nationalist I'd doctors. I'm gonna get their Twitter nuked. Oh, I'd love to see what John Johns Hopkins would reply to that and what they would say. It would be pretty epic to be here. Well, Jesse Waters what and if they uh, just post. I know you are, but what am I? Mm. <laughs> I like it. I like it too. Jesse Waters and Judge Janine weighed in on it. And uh, in addition to that, made it a little bit more specific in regards to Dr. Fauci on The Five yesterday. Uh, Let's hear how they kind of uh, gave it a take. Public 70% is so over it. They're not listening to the health expert anymore. Well, because we were lied to. He said it was 15 days and it ended up being like 15 months. Because remember, a lot of the Democrat governors stayed locked down. And all the scaredy cats continued to stay locked down. Here's was Fauci's plan. Shut down the entire U.S. economy. It's never been done before and told everybody to quarantine, including healthy people. And then he didn't do anything for early treatment at all. And then he says, stay inside with a mask on. And if you catch covid, wait until you can't breathe very well. Then get yourself to a hospital and strap yourself to a ventilator. Yeah, that was. Oh, and then wait a couple of years for a vaccine, which I get a cut from. That is insane. America has the most deaths of any country as a percentage and as a total. And he could have come out early and said, take zinc, take vitamin D, get outside, eat healthy, exercise, do all of those things that are helping with early treatment. He didn't do any of that. Even today, doctors are still prescribing hydroxychloroquine. Ivermectin, still doing it. He didn't get on the phone. He didn't create a hotline to these doctors that were on the front lines during the pandemic. Hey, what's working? What's not working? He didn't do that. He just said, wait for my vaccine and stay six feet apart. What he did to the entire world was even worse. This plunged like 300 million people into poverty, starvation, malnourishment, what he did to our kids, what he did to the supply chain, alcoholism, drug addiction, child abuse. And think about all the small businesses he shut down. And it's like the biggest transfer of wealth in world history. He takes four trillion away from workers and then about four trillion goes to billionaires. The billionaires and all these big tech, big media giants, they got super rich and they got more powerful. And then we just divided against each other. Remember, he screwed up the election. You know, we all don't trust the science now because the science was all wrong. I mean, this guy really screwed up. He did screw up, Harold, and, and you know he. Wow, it's kind of a hard Jesse take. That was activated. epic. He was. He's been activated. He's he's been getting about over three million people a night, and I'm I'm glad to see if he's gonna, you know, continue to push that narrative. And, yeah. And walk along, you know, down that road. Well, they did the exact opposite of hey, what's working? It's hey, what's working, and then don't do that. Yep. Yep. But that all comes down to basically just the whole emergency emergency use. I can't say that fucking thing. Emergency use authorization. Well, the yeah, caveat I mean, with that is that there has to be no other treatments, no other viable, uh, you know, things that could make it better. And that's exactly what some of these other things do. They're actually. Uh, I sent you guys that screenshot from the email that my friend sent me. Oh yeah. About a uh, what was it? A, a clinical trial. 
And yeah. they mentioned ivermectin as a as a pretreatment. Insane. Yeah. Insane. It's so crazy how they're like walking shit back. And now they're like want they want to slowly introduce all this shit that we've been saying for like two fucking years now, right? Mm-hmm. And then they want they're gonna they're gonna take the credit eventually for all like the good that it does it's just so insane if people don't see it by now so i don't want to reference something and then just talk out my ass and not give you the yeah. actual information but the, the data the data i'm gonna data. i want you to i want you to trust my science science me harder daddy trust it <laughs> so this is a email that's been going around like uh, i believe it was like covid clinic but the website's like covidoutstudy.com with like tack marks in between each word COVID out, an at-home clinical trial to prevent severe COVID-19 and long COVID. How can I get in touch? All these numbers, QR code. Can I be in this study? You may qualify if you have a positive COVID test in the past two days or between 30 and 85 years old and have not vaccinated or boosted in the past six months. Not vaccinated. (laughs) No, that's wow. What is involved? Well, no, not vaccinated or boosted in the past six months like you can be vaccinated oh. but so now, okay. now they're telling us the end date for the vaccines too yeah, the, long yeah so the vaccine is like six months that's it game over that's great so i feel better yeah uh what is involved fully remote no visit required taking fda approved meds ivermectin send me to drugs metformin <laughs> flavoxamine or placebo for three to 14 days mm. you know, study kit i think i've had like four accounts nuked because i posted like the actual study by fauci and if i would have if i would have posted <laughs> that screenshot this screenshot yeah. six months ago yeah. goodbye yep. yeah exactly study kit delivered to your doorstep at no cost to you 400 dollars reimbursement for study completion you might have had the feds knocking on your door <laughs> yeah so if you posted right? that six months ago there's this one and i don't have the the other part of the screenshot i'm not going to go they sent it to your house Apparently. And then you poop in a box but in, and send it back. Yeah, you poop in a box or on Mitch McConnell's desk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't have the email in front of me. I'm not going to waste time looking for it. But basically it was saying that all these other areas you get X amount of dollars, but then California was $1,800. Sign me up, get Daddy. out of here. California is $1,800. Why so much more? I wonder. You can sign up. Well, I'm, it's too late now unless I can find some dragon fruit to do my test on. <laughs> just pour some coke on the test yeah right get so. your doggy get your doggy yeah <laughs> to do it. but anyway where were we well we were bringing in some audio on people we usually don't have on the show last week it was charlamagne the god asking where the fuck is donald trump this week believe it or not shaquille o'neal weighed in what? on vaccines yeah he, no he way, Shaq. weighed in on vaccines and mandates both of which he's against really? yesterday and kind of got into it with a reporter that was trying to tell him that even though her job has a vaccine mandate it's not a mandate let's let's hear it's it's a quick clip but it's pretty interesting look i encourage everybody to, to be safe and take care of your family this is i do but there's still some people that don't want to take it and you shouldn't have to be forced to take something that you don't want so i don't think people are being forced to take well there are some there are i mean listen we have a mandate at cbs that's forced. we have a mandate at cbs but my but my point that's force but where i wholeheartedly that's force no it's not force it is for because if the man don't take it a man will get fired boom he exactly. sounds like thank you Jack. wow you were watching gangland back in the day you, yeah you could and think- they have some guy blacked out <laughs> <laughs> he's got on like rhinestone rhinestone sunglasses and shit well, the, yeah that's, that's what i had to double check and make no sh- but this is like like insert election integrity into that. 
Yep. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, but it was the safest and secure. That's rigged. But but it was the most secure. <laughs> that's rigged. Yeah, well, that's evidence. That's evidence. Well, there you know, there was some. That's now, evidence. Now Shaq's not gonna do the icy hot commercials anymore. <laughs> I, I had to make sure it wasn't Jimmy Kimmel pretending he was Carmel. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. <laughs> well, while that went on, we have to think about people who aren't held accountable for their crimes. Number one. Big pharma. Mm. Never are. I think Joe Biden read the cue cards wrong when he was in New York yesterday because instead of saying the vaccine manufacturers, he was talking about guns. Again, for any of the press, any of the press listening, this doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. There's no (laughs) violation of a Second Amendment right. We talk like there's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon... And when the, this this uh, amendment was passed, that's actually false. There's no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons, but that's another issue. So there were so many people that replied to that tweet from the White House official account, standing at their homes with cannons. Their cannons. Yeah. I was going to say, I would, my father-in-law has a couple cannons. There you go. I would love to get my hands on one. Yeah, who wouldn't? No, but like they, there's literally like people were archiving and going back and showing advertisements for fucking cannons, like. Back in the day, like imagine today someone I've breaks in your into, house. Like, can you like? Can you literally buy a cannon like right now, like sure. that easily? It would be. I've never like looked a, into it. So I don't know. What, you don't like have a, a cannon? Black powder firearm. The one thing I don't have, I've got like a fucking flamethrower, but I don't have a cannon. Imagine <laughs> someone breaks in your house and you just have like a, you oh, wheel shit. out. <laughs> you just have like a sewer pipe full of fucking cutlery with a bowling ball. <laughs> Stay right there. When I was in elementary school, one of our there was like I come from a small town, so there was like a pool of substitute teachers. They like just rotated around, didn't matter what the class was. Maybe like half a dozen of them. I thought you were gonna say it a neighborhood cannon. Mr. Brown, he was a Civil War reenactor. Yes, he had the <laughs> uniform, and he brought a cannon to our school once, and he shot it in the back. He Dude, shot, I remember he shot now in the back of our elementary school. Like he just fired off some black powder or an actual fucking ball. No, no it was a blank. Is he smoking I, a cigarette? I mean, it was oh. a huge field. No, he's smoking a pipe. Watch but, this, kids. <laughs> and he actually did have like the old school, like I guess like corn cob pipe. Yeah, yeah. And his uniform. Like he did the presentation and like. Do you have a sweet mustache? He did. Some guys get balls and, deep into that reenactment. No, literally. I just remembered myself too. In high school, we had one of them. You call them like a what do you a reenactor? Reenactor. One? They're it's LARPers now. Perverts. That, it's called yeah, LARPers. No, but that's you why you said that. You that's call them literally the first time I ever saw a cannon in real life get the use. Call them perverts. And he no, brought you call them sex offenders. <laughs> He had. I didn't hear that right away. I he brought the it. musket. He brought the with the bayonet on the end. He had like the tall hat of like. The, yeah, he was freaking oh, pilgrim. Imagine, imagine, like, check, imagine like fifteen years. The reenact. It'll be like the insurrection reenactment, oh, and it's God. some like oh my God, die the, hard Republican with, with like a mullet, and he's just shooting off like three hundred black out of a pistol. <laughs> the boneless chicken wing. <laughs> oh man, those guys are different. I've met one. And then the opposition. Everybody's just got like. Giant purple wigs, vagina hats. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's so true though. Like yeah. when you really check it, when you think like down that far, like down the road, when when like our kids, 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 you know, look back on our history, they're gonna be like, dude. And then the way <laughs> there's like documentaries. It'll be kind of the a- year was 2021, and the BLM rally was in full swing. Where was yeah. your dad at? <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Which side was he? On? Wait, that's. It was fiery, but mostly peaceful. That's a little on the nose, don't you think? There was a comedian I was listening to the other day, and he was saying how 
historians think that Miami could be underwater in like 10 years, you know? <laughs> and he goes, imagine in like 20 years, your grandkids are taking like, you know, U.S. history and it's like the lost city of Miami that went <laughs> underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Some kid goes, what were they doing when they went underwater? A lot of cocaine and rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Wake Up with Linda. (laughs) Like Ron DeSantis is like a mystical character, like Poseidon. Yeah. Poseidon. Watercolor paintings of him on like a horse. (laughs) No, we'd be riding a dolphin if it's underwater. With like a 1970 wetsuit on. In his Mayor Quimby jacket. (laughs) I understand, but why is he wearing a ski bib? (laughs) Well, what's almost equally as funny is what's going on. At CNN right now. You, you, you're probably going to wind up hitting that button by the end mm. of this segment. Um, Jeff Zucker's out. Yeah. Bye. So a lot of people. Uh, Fucker. He claims it's for an inappropriate sexual relationship he had with one of his longtime friends and uh, employees there at the Isn't network. Isn't that just dating? Who consequently still works there and didn't get in trouble either. Weird. Isn't that just dating? Now it's against ethics, I guess, rules for oh, CNN, right? Pretty sure his wife didn't appreciate it either. Well, that too. Yeah. Isn't that just dating? <laughs> yeah. In this day and age, it is. I like that people know that they have an open relationship, which most of these people do, and it's yeah. kind of sick. A lot of people do think it uh, has something to do with, number one, the awful ratings that they've had since Trump left office in combination with the uh, ethics investigation that's going on <clears throat> due to the uh, Cuomo thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there was a big... Man, a lot of our favorites are gone. <laughs> right? Who's going to run for, for president? It looks like it's they're just leaving Gavin Newsom to run for president. Don't say that. Uh, no, well. <sighs> president Mussolini. Mr. Potato Head weighed in on Jeff How much Sucker. does he weigh? Who? Mr. Potato Head. He's so, well, who? Yeah, Brian Biden? Stelter. I thought you were asking about yeah, Gavin. Stelter. Like, he's Stelter. He seems like he's a healthy. Uh, he's like. Uh, 280? Elker's head is bigger than his body. No his head his head must weigh like 150 pounds. That's what I'm saying. Like his head, like Damn, his boy! Thick. <laughs> boy! That's a thick-ass boy! Damn! <laughs> you know, so, somebody posted a really good meme of him the other day. <laughs> it was like him all fat in mom jeans, like holding up a selfie, oh, and it's yes. like... Yeah, he's got a fupa. He yeah. literally has a Well, no, a some, somebody posted his picture on, like, a... a this is a real picture? A, they photoshopped it, his head oh. on, on, like, a body, and the lady's <laughs> like, feel like lion might delete later. And then he actually commented <laughs> on it, and he's like... He commented, you know what? I actually have not seen this one yet. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. He did not. Kudos. I mean, that's a good sport. For them. You have to have a sense <laughs> well, of it's just it's just damage control at that point. He's like crying. Well, yeah, the like he cannot His avoid it anymore. It's so bad. Yeah, whoever's social media person thought it was like they were on their account. Like you know how they always blame that. Yeah. Like the army posts some fucking weird shit, and you're like, what? What are you doing? Like, oh, sorry, on my, right? pers- my personal account. Come on, come on, brother. Just, Wendy's account. I'm really into furries. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember when they called out Halle Berry about pizza and shit? Yeah. Like on her like Twitter account. And then, like, all these people were like, you know, it might be some, like some nobody in the military. I'm like, dude, it's a fucking verified military account. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the army it's account. Been a couple times now, they're like referencing Pizzagate. Like, no, you conspiracy theorist. Yeah, it was like I'm the like, armed right, forces, dude. like <laughs> Africa or something. Some, no, yeah. Goober yeah, 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 something like that. It's just taking a shot, launching missiles over and it. And they're like, what? You don't like pizza? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then boy. actually, somebody replied 
like it, just like, you know, re- regular civilian. And they replied to them, too. Like, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. What? You don't like pizza? Like, what's, yeah, what's the wrong issue? with pizza? What, what's, the issue? what's the issue with the comment? So they solidified their stance, like, you know, their initial um, tweet at her. So I thought that was interesting. You just reminded me of that. Yeah, well, they're doing damage control over there at the network now. Um, when nobody wants to be your friend because of how creepy and gross you all are, uh, whether, you know, it's it's the half dozen pedophiles that they fired from there in the last two years. And now, you know, Jeff Zucker kind of leaves Stelter left as the... Fuck's sake. When you've got Stelter left, you know you're hurting so Yeah, bad. pretty bad. He's the star of your he's channel. Used, he's used to being the anchor. Well, I mean, w- when you're up to your knees and, sh- and shit like it up that, the ass. Yeah, nobody wants to have you on, so they just go on each other's show. I'm going to play back-to-backers of him. Um... Kind of doing damage control. Fired in December, and he is not going out quietly. He was fired, and there were reports that he wasn't going to get paid the millions of dollars that were going to be on the remainder of his contract. So as a source uh, said to me earlier today, he was trying to burn the place down. He was going to court, trying to burn the place down, and claiming that he had incriminating information about Zucker and Gullist. So if that's the case, if this is a domino effect, that begins with Andrew Cuomo going down the governor's office and then Chris Cuomo being fired from CNN and then Jeff Zucker losing his job at CNN. That is a remarkable domino effect, a chain of events. I think that is part of the story. There's the- a lot of people calling for him to be fired right now. Yeah. And you know, uh, I, I can see him, honestly. And I think it's he's a piece of shit in, in yeah. so many ways. Right. But I honestly see him actually being a nice person in real life and just being on the really wrong team and doing a lot of fucked up shit. Like, I don't even, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if you meet this guy, like in real life and like, you didn't know what he does. Like like, he he kisses ass to do bad news, but in real life, he's like a sweetheart. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. He's like, like, you want me to say what? (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like he's going to hate me. (laughs) He seems like he could be like the nicest gay person I've ever met. And it's so weird because he always talks (laughs) about his, his family. Like, he comes off as like the gayest straight guy in the history of the universe. No, I know, but he is gay. I yeah. mean, we is that know, like up for debate? Know, we all know people like that in real life. We're like, well, that's true. Wait, you're not yeah, fooling anybody, but you're, you're dedicated. But good for you. Congratulations. Wait, is he married to a female? I don't know. Well, we can't assume genders. Yeah, anymore, right. So. How dare you? You yeah. know who I could <laughs> guarantee is a female, though? Kate. Boudouin, and he went on her show. I mean, everybody's getting a show now at CNN. I'm going to show Noah and Nick the clip. It's a brief one, but at the end, watch how when he's done giving some commentary on where CNN goes from here, how she rolls her eyes at him. Joining me now is CNN chief media correspondent, host of Reliable Sources, Brian Stelter. Brian, what more do you have? A little zoom As you eyes. said, Kate, Zucker's been a larger-than-life figure at this news organization for nearly a decade, a pioneering figure. And now his resignation is stunning. This newsroom, Kate, we both know uh, he, uh, Jeff Zucker has been the rock for this organization. The last few days, he has not been on the morning editorial calls. Mm. Uh, some people even noticed and wondered uh, if something was amiss. I don't think anybody uh, saw this coming this morning, an announcement like this. But I think if Zucker was on that call this morning, I know what he'd say. He'd say, what's important at CNN? Is not the person at the top. It's the the team we all play for. It's CNN as an organization. This news operation so much bigger than any single person. And so the news goes on, but now without the top executive. Yeah, keep reporting the news. Wow. The zoom in. The yeah, zoom in on her zoom eyes. Right in her face. She's like, me. Keep reporting I'll the news. I'll have to check Ugh. that out later because I'm not there. I'll, oh. I'll send it to you. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a funny one, and just kind of. 
the absolute state of CNN. And for as much as we've been able to make and take some good pot shots at him, I don't think that anybody. Uh, I just, it's got to be amazing. In his voice, and, though, it's like he knows he's like. Oh, he's like manic. Yeah, yeah, yeah manic. Exactly, exactly. And this is this is a prime example of what we were talking about before, where everybody like the dam is breaking all around him, and the people mm-hmm. are sitting there saying, "This is fine." Yeah. <laughs> it's okay but them watching like themselves them and, like, watching the, the ministry of truth itself falling apart and eating itself is just brilliant well remember so you I know, know i wish i wish there was like cameras everywhere to get people's like reactions like there is oh, they're probably shitting there their is pants. but the nsa it's, has them it's almost wow. as good as when exactly. blm protests were going on mm. and cnn was like yeah it's pretty peaceful and there's like fiery bombs going on <laughs> there's a guy throwing a molotov cocktail <laughs> behind him it's like, are you standing in front of like, the oh, that guy's, police so department nice. that guy's buying people drinks yeah this is very passionate. Yeah, nothing you know? to see here. <laughs> Are you standing in front of the Kenosha Police Department? He's like, that thing on fire? No, that's no, not that's the police. The, oh, yeah, well, well it was. Are you that's on fire. You know, people are singing Kumbaya and, like, stringing their guitars. Exactly. <laughs> well, CNN has called for not only but the uh, deplatformization, arrests, and even deaths of Tucker Carlson over the years <laughs> as one of the biggest proprietors. Now, he's been through it all, man. He, he'll fucking come out so... Like on top after all this is said and done, and I, and you know how Jesse's like following him yeah. in his steps, right? Well, these guys are gonna be like heroes in the end, at least in the legacy media. Definitely. And he came out swinging. Let's listen to what he said about the network uh, last night on Tucky. President Jeff Zucker got fired this morning. In a statement, Zucker said he's been dating a colleague, didn't disclose it, and when his bosses found out, they made him leave. That's not true. I don't believe Everyone that. in the TV Me business either. already knew about Zucker's relationship with the head of CNN's marketing department. Ouch. Every executive Ooh. in television has known about it for years. It was definitely not a secret. So Jeff Zucker did not get canned for his sex life. New management wanted him out of CNN for other reasons, including bad ratings, and maybe others that we'll find out later. So the relationship was just a pretext for what you saw, but as usual with CNN, you've got to wade through a lot of lies to get to what actually happened. So what happens next at CNN? Well, for starters, let's hope to get rid of the eunuch and his weird Popeye accomplice. <laughs> to have made a career of trying to kill free speech in this country. No news organization should ever employ people like that. It's disgraceful. As for who replaces Jeff Zucker, we hope it's someone better. CNN is poison. We want that channel to improve. With Zucker gone, it's at least theoretically possible it could happen. We didn't like Jeff Zucker. We've said that very clearly for a long time. We attacked his programming decisions, we slammed his political agenda, we called him names, and we meant every word of it. Mm -hmm. Still, on this day, when we should be celebrating Jeff Zucker's departure, we're not celebrating. Why is that? Because we see a pattern here. There are an awful lot of contemptible leaders in corporate America, maybe most of them, but only a certain kind of CEO ever gets fired. It's not the weak ones. The guys who do what they're told, issue the cringy statements and let the HR department run everything, Those people tend to keep their jobs till they retire. People like that just want to get it over with and cash out. They don't take risks. They don't dare to build anything. They're just caretakers. If their dignity is the price of job security, they are happy to pay it. More than at any time in our history, America is run by people like that. It's only the strong who are punished. Strong leaders tend to be abrasive. They're arrogant. Sometimes they're what we now call abusive. They ignore convention. They say outrageous things in public and private. They don't blend in with the group. Often they alienate the more sensitive types around them. They don't have maternal instincts. A lot of modern people are put off by strong leaders, but you've got to have them. 
Creative masculine energy is the essential quality in any civilization. It's how we got civilization in the first place. But increasingly, boisterous masculinity is systematically suppressed to make way for a timid caretaker class. Mm. For people who think the whole point of society is to get to zero COVID infections or eliminate all traffic deaths. Told you that was the thing. Those may wow. sound like virtuous goals. In fact, they're signifiers of decline. Not dying can never be the whole point. If it is, you're already dead. Our current leaders are fearful because they are old. But the opposite is also true. They kept power into their 80s because they put safety first. They put it over creativity, over courage, over leadership. Nancy Pelosi never built anything. Neither has Joe Biden or Mitch McConnell. They're not capable of building anything. At the very best, they can preserve what others have built. Not that they've even tried to do that. Right. So Jeff Zucker, whatever else we have said about him and meant, Jeff Zucker tried to do something new. We hated what he did. We did not share his vision. We found it repugnant and destructive. But at least Jeff Zucker had a vision. Too few still do. Hmm. What? Hmm. Well, I mean, he still says he hates his guts, but at the end he, he said he used an outside-of-the-box approach, you know, at the start <clears throat> of all of this woke, anti-nationalist, you know, anti-patriot, 10 million pronoun disaster that they've helped cause. And for right. that, you know, is he the, gave him a... Is the traffic thing a real thing? Mayor Pete said it. No traffic deaths? His goal is zero traffic deaths. All right, so we kind of painted a picture of what the news cycle is looking like. Mm. There's obviously some other stuff going on. Do have the uh, SCOTUS nomination coming down the pike. Mm. Um, probably a junior staffer for Chuck Schumer because, you know, nobody does their own work anymore, yep. including reading bills. But I guess that's bled into writing speeches. Uh, made a little bit of a flub this week in regards to uh, how black the Supreme Court isn't. You'll get it after you hear it. The president's pledge to name a black woman to the Supreme Court is historic. There have been 115 justices who have sat on the courts in 1789. Only five of them have ever been women. None until 1981. Hmm. Only two have been African-American. But never, never has there been an African-American woman who still make up barely 6% of the federal judiciary. And amazing, until 1981, this powerful body, the Supreme Court, was all white men. Imagine. America Imagine. wasn't all white men in 1981, <laughs> or ever. Under President Biden and this Senate majority, we're taking historic steps to make the courts look more like the country they serve by confirming highly qualified, diverse nominees. A quarter, a quarter of all African-American women who sit on the federal bench were nominated by this administration and approved by this Senate. Just hear that. 25% of African-American women who sit on the federal bench came through this Senate this year. That's the progress we've made in a short, relatively short amount of time. I'd like to point out the fact that I consider myself to be a little bit of a historian myself. I'm pretty sure that the uh, family of Thurgood Marshall Supreme Court was black. Right. 1967. Mm -hmm. I thought you, the way you introed that, I thought you were going to say, I find, my, I <laughs> I find myself I as a black woman. 
Not yet. <laughs> I thought he was going to. Hey, the way we're going, I might be no, getting there. No, don't do it. Don't do it. How funny. Like in a country, like when, okay, I don't in even know. In a country. In a country where the majority are white, that, you know, you've got way too many white people in Congress and Senate. As an old Jewish know. white man panders to <laughs> that narrative. Or exactly. It's very don't embarrassing. don't consider themselves oh. white. As well. <laughs> what was what and it's was, just it's just trying to strengthen Biden's weird like but, I'm not gonna pick anybody based on their qualifications, but here's two things. Seventy six percent of registered voters with a forty percent independent in that do not want this next Supreme Court justice nomination to be based off of race or gender. I thought they right. weren't allowed to do that. Wasn't that kind of isn't that what that, that like, like one what of those things? This is supposed to be. It's yeah. like, hey, <laughs> not yeah, definitely should be the most qualified. You know who's not qualified to talk about you, Joe Byron, talking about China while participating in the Olympics is Nancy Pelosi. Mm. She said, regardless of the human rights atrocities that goes on there, don't do it. Regardless, listen. <laughs> I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because oh. they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputation. I mean, what, what about what they've already done? Yeah, what about what they are continuously doing? Dude, remember like when she was in like fucking Chinatown for like that photo video op? Yeah. Unbelievable. She's like, ah, everybody should come to Chinatown <laughs> and get some Uyghur organs. Well, the orange chicken is fantastic here. But here's the thing. If the Olympics had taken place when Trump was in office. Oh, then it would be it off, a, off the fucking. How dare you perform in yeah. this country. Oh, yeah. Like with the whole Russia. The home Putin. of COVID. Here's a black human rights violations. matter state that you need to. <laughs> You know, here's a stage for you to basically give us what you think of it. Black Lives Matter thing would have been revamped big time. Of course. In the middle of COVID. Or yeah. in the middle of China. It's like, just like the flu, Be Black the, Lives Matter and Antifa the went away. BLM Olympics. Yeah, as soon as the election happened, they just went away. <clears throat> having the Olympics in China is like having a party at somewhere where there was like an AIDS outbreak. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, a sex party where there's an AIDS outbreak. Yeah, there you go. Like, like maybe, yeah, maybe not AIDS, but like how about oh, some no, scabies, but you know the Olympic scabies people on the sofa? Oh, all they do is remember smash last the time year they there. were making like those like fucking uh, cardboard beds so mm -hmm. they couldn't like have sex and shit, oh, yeah. and they know and they like collapse. But it's the same shit. Well, like, do they know they're trying to challenge some of the premier athletes in the world exactly. that think that they're they're tied to restrictions like beds to have sex, right? <laughs> I'm like, really? How is that? I'm like, do the they even use that? Yeah, this guy just did a triple axle while snowboarding. Yep. I think he's going to be fine. Yep. Yeah, he'll, he's really creative. It's like he'll fish, it you out. know? It's not going to be the only thing helicoptering. <laughs> oh. I'm so dead. Oh, scissor me timbers. You might have wanted to save that no, one. No, I didn't. In my next audio clip, someone who always makes total sense. Ugh. I'm not even going to tease it. You're just going to have to listen. Let's do it. I don't want to get going because I keep here too long because you know all what I'm about to, what I've said and you know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. Let me. Oh. The, the teleprompter stopped working. At the end of his speech, the teleprompter stopped working. He's just like sitting there like, 
I just want somebody to save me. Somebody in the earpiece is like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. He's like, well, you don't know what I'm doing. And Dude, if you were a cop and you pulled over someone and they started doing that, you'd be like, mm, I'd put him in a fucking hook home. Hook him up. He's gone. That's a deuce for Like sure. breathalyzer and then home. <laughs> you wouldn't even breathalyzer. You just take him to the station. It's getting better. <laughs> over. So not the white Joe Biden, but someone to, who referred to himself this week as the black Joe Biden. Wait, what? What? New York Mayor Eric Adams weighed in today on just how he feels about white people and what he refers to them as. Listen to this. Day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Mayor of New York. Came a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But- mm-hmm. Wait, who's that? Dude has a fucking That's death Eric wish. Adams. Is he for real? Newly elected mayor of New York. Newly elected. Yes. If that guy was like running installed, a job, like, mm. if you if you were like applying for a job and you showed up in an interview and he was talking like that, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know well, what, what in you a just normal said. world. Yeah, the the well, sigh I, you made was the correct assumption. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like this is I feel like this is one of those like he this is like a off camera of kind of like. Like, like where was that clip from? Like, he's at a bar, like, talking shit? Or no, is this, he, like, at a press conference? It wasn't at a press conference. He was talking to a group of people. I don't really know all the context because it says, New York mayor referred to white people as, quote, crackers. Instagram took oh. down the video within 20 minutes. The public should be made access to this type of communications. This is a recent video. It's like that newscaster, and he's like, out here in this field, we mm. have... Yeah. Ah, get this motherfucker <laughs> off me! <laughs> <laughs> But when you're a politician, you have to automatically assume you're constantly being recorded, especially yes. in these times, you know, like, so whenever, if you're speaking to a group of people that is like more than two, three people, you know, let's say four people plus, because, you know, you can be in a group of friends, but even they could fucking record you if you're a politician. Right? Or just maybe don't say crackers. I would just love well, to interview like, I mean, the you know, PR people team. Can, yeah. Yeah. can you know the PR team in the background is going, no. At what point did you oh, think crackers was good to interject into this? All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, there was pate at this event, so we had crackers, <laughs> and it was a fagua. They were, ooh. Get, and it was delicious. Trying to get Raheem back on the show. Raheem, I was just Hi, Raheem. <laughs> oh, man. Well, second to last one, still staying on the same narrative. Oh, good. Completely irrelevant politicians <laughs> who just want to make their names heard. Mike Pence weighed in today. Finally. Who? Mike Pence. Who? On his role Jeez. in January 6th. Where the hell did he fucking come Not the way you may think, though. Listen, this is breaking Who? right now over the course of our show. Yo. But there are those in our party who believe that as the presiding officer over the joint session of Congress, <laughs> that I possess unilateral authority to reject electoral <laughs> college votes. You sure do. And I heard this week... That President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. You did. But President Trump is wrong. Political career? I wow. have no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. Under the Constitution, I had no right to change the outcome of our election. I can't wait till he's on the debate stage with Trump and Donald Trump asked him right to his face. Mike, I want you to tell me, tell the American people right here, right now, that Joe Biden lawfully got 81 million votes. How about new? Thank you. That was perfect. I come out Great. singing, why are you always lying? Yeah. Fucking people. 
my gosh. Like, what is, who is he trying to convince? Like, when people can easily look up what he can actually do. Well, like, I, think it's, I think general. he's saying more figuratively that, right. yes, yeah. technically this is something that could happen, but he doesn't believe it was the right thing to do. Well, you know, it was the right thing to do. But the election belonging to the American people, that one kind of stings a little bit. Exactly. This is a good segue because they usually don't do the right thing. The RNC today voted to finally censure Kinsinger and Liz Cheney. In our last audio clip of the day, you'll hear Miss Lauren Boebert weigh in on it. And uh, the decision that was made to hopefully have them switching over to the Democrat, well, Kinsinger's out in this election, but Liz Cheney should just run for the Democrat nomination. Hearing no further dis- discussion. Discussion. Um, is there any, uh, what do I She's, is there well, any well, discussion? She needs a cough drop. Well, okay, hearing no further discussion, we will move to a vote on adoption of the five resolutions as a whole. All of those in favor of the motion, please signify by saying aye. Aye. All of oh. those opposed, signify by saying no. The eyes have it, and the five resolutions are adopted. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> One guy in the back. No. No. <laughs> so that's some good news for. Dude, imagine being yeah. married to that bitch with that voice constantly mm. talking at you. Ugh. No. I heard she's a, a fun drunk, too. A little, a little on the violent drunk. side. Probably sounds drunk. exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melatonin in her tea before she goes to bed. So you get a good <laughs> before, sleep. She, before she came to that meeting. And then asked why nobody is always asking why nobody loves her. Maybe she has huh. asthma. And nobody knows. <laughs> she needs an inhaler. Like I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Maybe she's got COVID. <laughs> you know what? Pro- COVID pro. She's, she's at fault for the next outbreak. And then everybody is like, oh, we can't come to work. <laughs> well, pretty busy news Friday to say the least. <laughs> And a little bit livelier than normal, but I think I liked it. Noah liked it. He doesn't even drink and he's all giggly. I like having Nick here. It's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely. You guys got me all like thrown off too. It's like so funny and it's cool. You know, it's like the whole vibes. Like, I feel like we're actually just chilling. I was actually behaving today too. Oh, I think we all did a great job. And on that note, we're going to wrap this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast. News heavy, guest light. But we did have some great friends, both in and at a studio today. And uh, Nick, it was great being back with you. Brought back some memories. It was fun. I'm sure our listenership's going to definitely enjoy having uh, you join us today. And then, of course, we have... He's coming back. He's coming back on Fridays. The lovely Antoinette, who's become a regular fixture on the show now, is our newest family member. And uh, I like the chemistry of all four of us together. It was fun. Yeah, this is good. You know what else is fun? Listening to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And you can find them on all major downloadable podcasting platforms. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcast, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show and rate it. Leave a review. And don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds. Obviously, our guest today, Ann Elizabeth, who's running for a U.S. House seat in District 49 in California. Nick, the host of Red, White, and Brews. And uh, that's about it, because we didn't have any other guests, and it was it was pretty nice. Yeah, it was good. Don't forget to uh, nicely treat our partners in their endeavors to help make small American businesses great again. My pillow sales like you've never seen before. If you order something, you might get the free Mike Lindell book with it. 
prices lower than ever before. And a promo code stake at checkout. You go to the website at mypillow.com forward slash stake or talk to a qualified pillow representative at 1-800-658-8045. Odyssey, the top tier of ear gear. I told Noah last week I kind of want one. I don't know if there's been any segue on that. Any, I forgot to ask. Okay. This ear hurts. They're probably listening. Good. I want one. They are the top tier of ear gear. Treat your ears right. Take care of them and, and get the highest quality sounds. You can find them at uh, odyssey.com and Facebook. They're on Instagram as well. Stay ready, gear holsters. Remember, simple equation to get what you need. You want a concealed carry holster? They'll melt a piece of plastic into the shape of your gun so that it fits concealedly underneath your shirt, and they'll put a picture on it of anything you want. Donald Trump kissy face. Noah's dog. Nick's show logo. Ooh, yeah, that'd be a good one, too. There you go. StayReadyGear.com. Find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. Don't mistreat your meat. Again, that's also a simple equation. You buy it. You shake it. You rub it. I did that today. You smoke it. Noah cuts it up, and we all ate it. Num, num, num. Made my dog crazy. Sure did. You can find them on uh, Facebook and Instagram and at manrubs.com. West Coast Survival Arms. Go talk to Mike if you uh, want a new gun or if you need some ammo. Newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Talk to him on Facebook Messenger or via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Segue a little bit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Our first responders love... Mediocre medic, whether they're fighting crime or saving lives, um, they're wearing the apparel from there and having it adorn the buses, the ambulances, and their medical bags. Ambulance? Pretty fire IG as well. I still want Bruce Buffer show intro on the loudspeaker going down some alley in like a dark, dark alley. <laughs> I like it. You know what else I like? Mediocremedic.com. And last but certainly not least, dumpbox.us. Home of the Zero Fucks Duck. You don't know? Go ask Mark. He's on Facebook Messenger. You can go to the website at dumpbox.us. Upcoming shows. We've got a lot of good ones coming down the pike. On Tuesday, we're going to be back with senatorial candidate out of Arizona, Blake Masters, and gubernatorial candidate from the great state of Texas, Colonel Allen West, will be joining us as well. Nice. Next Friday, it's going to be a biggie. Christina Bob's going to jump in with us from OAN to do the news. We're going to have Trump-endorsed candidate out of Texas 3, Susanna Harp. She'll be joining us. Exclusive interview with the Raw Egg Nationalist and an America First panel with two House representatives looking to come out of New York. Andrew McCarthy and Desi Quayla will be joining us. The following week on Tuesday, we got a biggie. We're going to get to the bottom of January 6th and talk about how the Democrats are already looking to stop the steal part two in 2024 with none other than Mr. Darren Beatty. Dr. Zelenko is also going to be joining us. And Roland Lopez, who's looking to represent Texas 38 in the U.S. House of Representatives after the midterm elections. Next Friday is also going to be a biggie. The co-founder of the Tea Party, Michael Johns, will be coming on the show, and he's going to have a great discussion with us about the midterm elections, where do we go from here, and all things Trumpism. Trump-endorsed candidate out of Georgia 6, Marilee Staples, will be joining us later in the show. As if it wasn't action-packed enough, Matt Brainerd's going to circle back as well. And we're going to have our first interview since he's announced his candidacy to run for the House in New Jersey 3. Tillis Jim's own Mr. Ian Smith will be joining us. Next Friday's going to be pretty action-packed. Nice. On the 22nd of February, reschedule from today, Tony Cowden, looking to represent NC4, will be joining us. 
And then on the 25th of February, we're going to have Jim Bognett, who's running a Pennsylvania 8, and coming back in solo context this time, Mr. Mike Collins, who's got out to a big lead in the Republican primary in Georgia, looking to represent Georgia 10, will be coming back to join us as well. Friends of the Week, I'm just going to leave it at Nick. Yep. He's in studio. He could be our friend of the week. Yep. And then things to remember between now and next show. Pretty simple. We only ask you guys to do a few things. First of all, do your own research. A lot of uh, news went into the show today, and I had to do a lot of research on that to make sure it was relevant. Start a podcast. As me, Nick, Noah, and Antoinette will all tell you, super easy. Doesn't require any work. Zero edits. Scratch number one. Don't do any research either. You throw it at a computer, and the product that comes out is what you hear biweekly from Steak for Breakfast. Yes. Artificial intelligence. And most importantly, let's see what happens. We'll be back on Tuesday with Blake Masters, Colonel Allen West. On behalf of the pod team, I'm Rowan. Noah. Later. Antoinette. Hey, guys. And our special guest today, Nick. This has been episode 104 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Thanks for listening and take care. I mean, most people by your age just want to relax. Yeah. You want to go back into this war zone? I mean, you're, you're flirting with it right now. You're not going to announce, and I understand that. But to go back into there, I think people would have to say you're crazy. Very simple reason. We have a great country that's going to hell, and it's going to hell very fast, and we're not going to have a country left. And I did a great job. I did more than most presidents would do in 30 years between the taxes and the regulations and the business and everything else. Then I got, we got hit with the COVID from China and they got to pay something for that. They're going to pay something. Mm -hmm. Nobody could afford, you know, it's probably $60 trillion worldwide. That's really the damage, 60 trillion. Not talking about all the death that they caused, but our country is going to hell and we're going to make America great again, again. Mm